This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gar. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We keep you, uh, you can enjoy all the features there. They are completely free as we kick off another week of fun and excitement. We'll take your phone calls about absolutely anything going right to the phones and the fun. Starting things out with Brody in Utah. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brody. Oh, hey, guys. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I just uh, wanted to call and talk. About, I was listening to your show on from Saturday, and I just wanted to call and comment on a couple of things. Certainly. Uh, I think you guys do a fantastic job of uh, defending the ideas of liberty, and I just wanted to add a maybe a different viewpoint to looking at a couple of the issues. Okay. Uh, on the uh, immigration issue, uh, I like to. Uh, one of the things I like to uh, talk about as well, besides what you guys talked about, is I like to take it to the extreme, like you do with uh, the minimum wage laws. Okay, and, sure. And uh, what I like to do is, is take it to the extreme with them, and and just uh, ask them. You know, most most people who are pro immigration laws will say that some along the lines of we need to protect our jobs, and I like to uh, ask them. Well, you know if immigration laws protect jobs, then why can't uh, states, cities, and counties have immigration laws as well? Perfect. Perfectly stated. Excellent. You know, well, that's not the Constitution. That's not the way we wrote it up. That bubble wobble bubble Oh, blah, man. Blah, blah. That's just the way, that's just the way uh, ben, ben Powell does it. Uh, he's a, an economics professor at uh, Tufts University, I mean, at uh, Suffolk uh, over in Boston. Met him through Jason Osborne, the mighty Oz. And uh, he does the exact same thing. And then you reduce it even further into a town-by-town town and then person-by-person situation to say you know i've got if if i buy something from mark a wood cabinet that he's built i have a trade deficit with mark Right. I mean, he's got my money. What? I think that you're, I, these are sort of logical arguments, and I don't disagree with them from that standpoint. But I think that um, I think that what you're dealing with is people uh, people sort of uh, arguing for their birthright. American citizens, like Roman citizens of old, believe themselves to be better than everyone else. And as all you have to do is search in your soul, and you'll realize that you believe that you're better than everyone else um, in the world. And I'm I'm sure those stink, I don't believe that. stinkers from Guatemala or Zimbabwe or whatever love their country, but what do they really love it for, right? But, but you know, I think you can break through that with this argument, and and you bring it up really, really well just in our first call. Uh, a lot of times you can you can do the island example. I often say, you know, if you have two if you if you live on an island and you're really good at, at chopping wood, but you're bad at fishing, and you have to spend tons and tons of time going out to try to fish and for some reason you just don't have the, maybe your your culture you all get seasick who knows uh well you've you discovered that there's a, a culture on another island and they're really good at fishing and they're bad at other stuff well it would behoove you to do what you do best and trade your extra for what they do best which is their fishing and you all do better um uh, it's the same thing here we don't grow peaches very well in new hampshire we get a, maybe a, a small amount in the summertime uh but in georgia they grow peaches great they grow them so cheaply that we can buy them and have money left over to help us do really good things. It's always that money left over thing that seems to grab them, in my opinion. Right. And then uh, the other thing I want to bring up is the whole love it or leave it uh, argument that people oh, like to bring up. Oh, yes, a classic. That is a tough one to uh, to combat. I mean, you know, they, they say these are the rules, and if you don't like the rules, leave the place where the rules are. Or change them. Yeah, and what I like to take the take it to the extreme on that is, is I like to... Uh, uh, a couple things. First of all, ask them, well, if there's only one world government, what would you do then? Kick me into outer space? Well, I don't think they would want a one world government, right? 
And you're well, telling they probably don't want a one-world government, but if there was one world, a one-world government, what would they do then? They'd probably you just know, tell you to change you the law. And leave it then. You, you, you know. Right. Well, and, and the other thing that they don't understand is this beloved constitution of theirs, which all these people that uh, this love it or leave it argument comes from. This The beloved constitution of theirs is... I, it's enabling these politicians oh, yeah. to move more and more towards a one-world government. I even if you don't think that uh, that it's going to happen next week or next month or next year, and I I hesitate to to make those predictions. Um, hey Brody, it sounds like you've got someone that could use your attention. Have a good night, man. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Even if you don't believe that uh, that that's going to happen in the, the the very near future, you can't deny that the the world is moving more towards a one-world government, and the Constitution honestly is allowing that to happen. Hey, can I just mention to you guys, since I I haven't seen you for over a week now, um, I'm beginning to get very frustrated, and I know people were sounding off alarms about this about the Tea Party movement, and it, it is being sequestered taken over by wasn't it already taken over well it 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 had it had its its possibilities i think it was you know over the summertime it was pretty much taken but um you know with this whole sarah palin thing now there's going to be a tea party event with sean hannity there uh didn't they already do that once I don't know, but it's it's just one of these things where it's it's very clear been that it has been co-opted and um it's aggressive co-opted and um and, and that that that's too bad because I think so many of these people like I've thought about calling into some of the Boston talk radio shows just mm-hmm. to say look you know there's a, there's an extra there's another step that you can take you you don't have to stop here you don't have to just Say okay, we expressed our frustration, and and now we've got a team. Sarah Palin's leading, and Sean Hannity is with us. And all these <laughs> Take another step. Well, nothing's and, and, changed. And yeah, look at this <laughs> critically and say, question: Are the members of the Tea Party going to, for example, this Scott Brown guy? He's very willing. On the 25th, Obama's going to have a meeting with the Republicans. I'm listening to some so-called radical talk show host who's who's out there on Sunday nights, and he says, "Yeah, you know, I I think it's perfectly fine for the Republicans to work to try to get something like to uh, make sure that people with pre-existing conditions get covered." It's like, no, no, no. If you don't understand that, if you don't understand some of the problems inherent in your economic approach. Then we're going to run into the same problems we had before. You know, um, I I saw on I think it was Newsmax. I I, I think I get their updates. Um, it's a Republican website, yeah. it, largely. Yeah. You know, Salem, Paleo, Salem Neo, something like it's that. A mixture. It could be even you know some other site. But I saw um, you know it, I have the HTML enabled on this one, and it has right there Newt Gingrich. The new contract with America. Oh, yeah. They haven't oh, yeah. even changed the effing name on this yeah. thing. It's the same old crap, people. It is. Hey, here, here's a warning. <laughs> the same pitch, man. <laughs> and, and, and you know, if people wait, wait, wait. go ahead, yeah, sorry. Here's a warning. Four to six years from now, that's it. The Republicans will be completely in charge in Washington D.C. They will have majorities in the House, in the Senate, and in the White House. Well, I guess there's not really a majority there. Um, they will have, have all these things. And you know what you're going to get, America? You're going to get bigger government and likely another war to boot. You got it. And that, that's exactly where I was going, Mark. I'm thinking the same feelings, uh, same <sighs> thoughts that you're expressing. In my mind, I'm thinking as I'm listening to these radio shows, I hope that people listen to Free Talk Live and they remember 
four, five years from now, that excitement that they had and they say to themselves, wait, there were some people who were saying, not so fast, hold on, there's some more things that need to be thought through here. The questions about the Constitution, questions about whether or not people really adhere to this thing or whether it's an empty document, whether the the approaches that these guys are going to take. If you, all you have to do is look at what people like Orrin Hatch are proposing, people, all these old school Republicans they are still using this. They're using the Tea Party movement. They're doing all of this, and we're going to get more bad ideas coming from Washington. So to me, I, I, it's it's particularly alarming to me right now because there are so many people who are very excited and they have very kind hearts, and they're very frustrated about what's happening in Washington. Sure. But I think unless they educate themselves about some of the fundamental things, which you only really get – from real free market critiques, from real libertarian approaches, they are going to fall flat. They have to they have to really viscerally look at what the conservative movement is doing and say, you know what? That didn't get us anywhere. We need to we need to study more. We need to analyze more. But they mean it this time, Gardner. This time <laughs> they're serious. Right. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that I think that uh, you know the Republican Party at this point is completely without any value. I think that that Ron Paul and um, you know it has some value, and I, I even think that his uh, his his son Rand Paul has some value. I think that there's some candidates out there with some value, and if um, that, that that they're worth supporting, and I think that no, in not the, Rand Paul. Um, I th- I think that I think that if He's if somebody wants man. to end the Federal Reserve. I'm willing to, to give them my vote. Rand Paul's going to get in there, and he's going to spend all his time advocating for building a border fence underground, putting tanks on the southern border. What if he, what if he goes in border. and advocates for, uh, advo- um, for abolishing the Federal Reserve? And will he get anywhere with it? I don't know. Probably not. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. How's that audit thing coming along? I think it's stalled in the Senate. Yeah. Hmm. That's where he's running for, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure that'll make a difference. I, I think it's stalled well, by uh, Judd Gregg, the New Hampshire live. guy. Do you remember the old Libertarian Party back when it was centered around the non-aggression principle? The LP used to serve as an educational vehicle, turning the public on to liberty through the electoral process and bringing activists together to further their own understanding of the philosophy. It was also the main feeder organization for the larger movement. We want to bring that LP back. Join the Libertarian wing of the Libertarian Party and help restore the party of principle. Visit TakeBackTheLP.info. That's TakeBackTheLP.info. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And those features include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. Uh, in our podcast, the archives go all the way back to the beginning of January of 2009. It's all totally free. You don't have to log in. There's no advertising you have to click on or anything like that. It's just free over at freetalklive.com. Are you giving candy again this year for Valentine's Day? Get creative, man. That's what shows a woman you care. This year, get her Georgia's famous baklava. It's Osborne approved. Walnut baklava with 50 layers of melt-in-your-mouth phyllo. All of the ingredients are premium and all-natural. That's why it tastes so good. Shipped in a special container, priority mail, so it gets to you fresh and delicious. Order it 
at mandrick, M-A-N-D-R-I-K dot com. No C in there, mandrick.com. All right, we continue here uh, taking your phone calls about whatever might happen to be on your mind. Let's talk to Frank in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Frank, what's on your mind? Uh, well, I wanted to say this, that I think that we have reached the impasse of uh, political discourse and political leadership in the United States. By that I mean there is really no change. There is no way to take the political parties or even start a third party uh, without the support of the powers that be, those members of the Republican and Democratic National Committees, uh, whether it's on the uh, national level or the state or the municipality levels. So in a sense... Uh, I think you know everyone looking to uh, Ron Paul is sort of like people looking to uh, uh, the head of EGS back, uh, I guess, what, about 20 years ago, uh, Ross Perot. And what's really interesting about it is that uh, I think right now we're at the final stages of, you know, complete bankruptcy in this country. And ultimately... A country that is 330 million people is really, in a sense, uh, too large to sort of uh, stop, change direction, and function. I think ultimately something this large is going to collapse, and then out of the rubble maybe uh, a new direction, a new... Uh, a form of government, in a sense, will be formed. Because, I mean, you're in a situation... Frank, when? When is it going to happen? I think it's just, going to happen. I think it's going to happen by November of this year. They just draw it out and draw it out. I They've know. got aces up their sleeve to just make things take longer than. I mean, I, I hope you're right about that. And people well, have been predicting crashing and burning for a long time, and it just yeah. hasn't happened. Yeah, and the, the only question. Thing I'm, the only thing I'm afraid of is that uh, the last 20 years uh, from Reagan on, uh, the political. Uh, presidencies and regimes have resembled really a neo-fascism. And my fear is that the power elite that really are fascists, in a sense, will uh, take the system down with them. They sort of have that thanatos death wish, that rather than give up their privilege or their property or what is not theirs that they claim is theirs, they'll literally take the system down with it and everyone else with it. And my fear is this, that, you know, uh, as the system collapses, beginning with the economy and then sort of the political instability, uh, we're going to have martial law. And quite frankly, I think a lot of us will be sent to FEMA camps. In fact, we all may be carrying on our discourses, you know, at one of the uh, Haiti FEMA camps uh, as the rest of the uh, population sort of uh, plays the video games and sort of... uh, uh, really doesn't know what's going to happen and really could care well, less those are some dire all. predictions, but what I guess maybe I just don't really have the same kind of vision that you do here, Frank. I mean, if you're saying that they're going to take the whole system, point of info, if, think, if you're saying, Frank, if you're saying they're going to take the whole system down with them, then what will that mean? Why would the, the military still be working for them? Uh, would the dollar have any value at that time? If so, why would they be accepting paychecks denominated in them uh, going on and so on and so forth? Well, I, mean, I think what will happen is the dollar will be devalued. There will be a bank holiday very soon, and they'll declare, uh, just as the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank has done over the last 60 years in Europe and primarily in South and Central America, whereby 
they you know declare bank holiday, they freeze the assets, they devalue the currency, and literally uh, the multinational corporations and the wealthy foreign individuals are able to come in and buy assets for nickel on the dollar. Uh, and ultimately, that seems to be the way that our predatory capitalism is going. In fact, I honestly don't think that the military-industrial complex could actually go into a peace mode at this point. It's sort of been uh, no, they're not years built for in the that. making of sort of this cannibalistic, endless war, and spending going into you know a few corporations and a few very wealthy individuals' bank accounts. And ultimately, uh, it is it will be untenable. It actually is right now. But I think the individuals running the show are so afraid because so many people are articulate and actually have some possible solutions. Uh, and, you know, they do know who is doing what, who is making the decisions, who is instigating the policy, who is doing this or that. And that's something I don't think they really anticipated. As a result, when the system collapses, it won't be a peaceful uh, de-evolution like the former Soviet Union. In fact, I think it's going to be a radical uh, uh, a very violent and aggressive end. And I think to that end, uh, you know, we should appreciate what we have, and we, m- we must be planning for what will happen when the system collapses. And that's I think the speculative. That's where... I mean, I, I think that it's inevitable that uh, one of the things you're absolutely right on is that it can't last forever. I mean, every government has failed over over time, and this one has been going on for a couple hundred years. Uh, about 237 so. years, correct? So, so I agree with you that <laughs> yeah. faster than yeah. I do. I, I agree with you that it's it's not going to last forever, but it's all speculative. I think as far as how it's all going to end, right? I mean, I you can sit there and say, well, this is going to happen. FEMA camps, da 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 da. And maybe it will be violent, maybe it won't. I don't see how anybody can make a prediction on and, that. And I'd just like to observe that we've already seen pretty much the unwrapping and the rewrapping of the United States package. In a, uh, you know, it's 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 a completely different package in the same wrapping after the uh, United States Civil War. So the template's already been laid out. And uh, uh, which, the, the Articles of Confederation. Oh yeah, the absolutely. And 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 anybody who knows his history knows that there were there were thousands and thousands of people at the time who considered the Constitutional Convention a usurpation. And, That's and, and correct. Exactly, because they, they it was originally supposed to be that they wanted to just simply amend the Articles of Confederation. The correct. centralists like Hamilton and others and John Jay, uh, they pushed for this new uh, this new gathering and gave the central government a lot more power. So, yeah, I think, you know, who knows? Like like Ian says, who, know, who knows what direction it could go? We've seen some examples in the past. We've seen the stealth mode where they got in, rewrote the Constitution and said, oh, everything's all fine now. And then Alexander Hamilton and his cronies afterwards kept piling up more and more government or it could go the abraham lincoln way and and uh, millions could die you maybe never yeah, know. maybe I, I you know frank thank you for the call and the thoughts as always i appreciate it i don't know if i agree i mean they, it, maybe it'll just crumple up like a paper t- uh, tiger and and blow away 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line or something in between you can take control bring up anything it's free talk live Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. 
Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are for free, and they include the bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. Asinine posts to very serious issues. You'll find it all over at bbs.freetalklive.com. And Manchester Brewing. At Manchester Brewing, they realize that you have many beer choices. But does your beer make you bulletproof and invisible? (laughs) We don't think so. Manchesterbrewing.com, 800-259-9231. As we continue with Phil listening in Ohio, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Phil. Hi, I wanted to talk about gun control. You do? Okay, go for it. Well, um... I'm sitting here reading a article on the John Birch Society, JBS.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hillary Clinton has her pretty picture on this article, and uh, another proposed U.N.-administered gun ban is in the works. They hope to get it gone by uh, 2012, but she's going to be associated with it, of course. Um can I make a couple other comments? Well, th- okay. And was it related to that? Because you. Well, yes, because of right uh, uh, the John Birch Society. I'm 66, and uh, I was one of the uh, people in the late 60s and early 70s that tried to uh, get the people awake about the United Nations. Mm. We used to have the billboards get us out of the UN. Yeah. And um, I, I just, uh, you know, people listen to Royce Limbaugh and Glenn Beck. Those are the stage managers. The CFR and their cronies always have a sideshow going to distract uh, people from what's really taking place. And uh, I, I try to listen to Alex as often as I can. Uh, I have him on right now on my computer but uh, okay. I, th- I thought maybe he might be able to uh, uh, name JBS.org as another source of pro-American information. Now, the John Birch Society, aren't they known for being uh, conspiracy theorists? Well, they, they're very much against the, the Council on Foreign Relations and, and the Illuminati and things like that. And, and they believe that there is a core group of people, I do believe, and I don't want to misspeak here for you, my friend. Uh, that there are a number of people who pull the strings, and there are others who are the useful idiots who are uh, people like in the media that they think mm-hmm. are, are sort of put out there to spout the line. Meanwhile, the CFR-approved candidates will always be the ones who put are put into office. So what do you think is going to happen here, Phil? I mean, if the uh, this U.N. gun ban thing goes into effect, what do you think they're going to do? Well, uh, again, more and more they're trying to use U.N. law as proposed law that uh, Americans have to follow. I think this is true that they do use UN um, templates that are put together by the United Nations. And well, what does that know, mean? I mean, uh, does it mean templates. that people are? Go- I understand what you're saying, but what does that mean in reality? Like, does that mean that you're you're talking about you believe they're going to start going door to door and confiscating guns or what? I mean, no, you- no. Uh, 
uh, they're going to try and implement legislation uh, based on that, just just as they use the UN, just as they use a Federal Reserve. But what will that do? Uh, I mean, what kind of what will the legislation entail? It will involve disarming the American people. In what manner? In, How would it, they go about doing that? In segments, they'll get it passed for reasons like uh, you got to reduce the deaths and the gun accidents. And are they just going to ask people to turn in their guns, like a big gun buyback program? Do you think? Or I'm just asking you to speculate as to how you think that the however many hundreds of millions of guns in this country are going to end up being uh, as many guns as there are people. Yeah. Well, Obama's already said it's time for this country to rejoin the community of nations. Yeah, but that, that doesn't really address the question. Still haven't the the specific question. question is, we understand the threats that can be recognized in their words and in these reports. I, I'm over at the uh, the JBS.org website right now. I pulled up that article you're mentioning. Oh, and, good. Yeah, no problem. It's very interesting. And I have a question for you about John Bolton, who's also mentioned here, former UN uh, Secretary to the UN, Ambassador to the UN from the U.S. But uh, Ian's question is specifically, we understand the threats that you feel they pose and the words that they, they express, and we understand their philosophy. They think the world would be a lot better off if everybody's guns were confiscated. The question is the mechanism by which they, they will do this. If they were to pass something like this, some treaty, what would they do? How would they effectively do this, the procedure that they would they would use? Well, uh, again, the only thing I can reference, I don't have a name off this article for the intended treaty. Uh, it's just It would be one more step and them trying to implement some form of gun control. I guess I, I see have... what you're saying. So you're very frightened about uh, this idea that they're going to pass some sort of legislation that will tie in the United States in with the U.N. as far as gun control regulations and restrictions. I guess I was just asking you to speculate, Phil, and it doesn't sound like you really have an answer, and that's okay. You don't have to have an answer. I thank you for the call. I don't have an answer, but I do think that the the U.N. is going to be as involved as they possibly can in um, having uh, gun confiscations in this country, don't you? Well, I was just asking him what he thought that that meant. I mean, no, he never suggested it would be a gun confiscation. He didn't. It could, he didn't say anything. He just said there'd be legislation, legislation, legislation. Well, well what do you think legislation in, 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 um, involves? That has to turn into something. It could be that... Uh, legislation the, means violence against uh, peaceful people. That's what it means. I understand what it means. I was asking for specifics as to what he thought it actually meant as far as how they were going to enact that violence. There are different ways they could do it. They could make it so that gun sales are forbidden from this point on. Of course, that doesn't get rid of the hundreds of millions of guns that are uh, that are on the street. And, of course, nothing they can do can get rid of the hundreds of millions of guns. Uh, they could try to have some sort of gun buyback program and have the most obedient of the uh, the citizens, if you will, uh, turn voluntarily turn theirs in. But that's only going to take so many millions off the streets, not not a whole bunch. Uh, so I mean, they'd have to go door to door, wouldn't they? I mean, if they really, really, really wanted to get the guns from the American people, they'd have to, like the census workers, they'd have to go into everybody's homes and start searching with metal detectors, right? Because, I mean, there's no way that they're going to be able to get all of the devout gun owners in this country to just pony up their guns. I don't know that that's true. I think that um, when when you 
essentially make it, uh, you know, the threat of using the gun to defend yourself so arduous, essentially, you know, 10 years for defending yourself and your family Mm. from some kind of violent crime. What's the point in having the gun in the first place? I don't want to kill me. I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think that's that's the point when there will be violent revolution in in the United States. But there wasn't in England. There will be in the United States. There definitely will be. There will be massive armed resistance among people if they do something like that. There will be pockets here and there. Know. There will be lots and lots of people. And I don't lots know. Of- if they do what Mark's suggesting, that one I didn't think of, if they make it so using a gun in, in self-defense in any case is a, a, a criminal act. Nah, the people, uh, the, I, don't, I, I don't think people would buy that. I think uh, you have but so they buy many people. It when, they buy it when people get, I mean, it happens now in some cases where someone will shoot a robber and they'll get in, uh, they'll yeah. end up getting charged with you know, manslaughter or something like that. See, and, but, you and know, people get outraged, but they don't do anything. Uh, well, I mean, what are they going to do? I, I, I understand your point. Stop paying taxes or but something? But I think, I think already there are groups that, you know, aren't associated with our program. Maybe, uh, you know, one or two people in those groups have, have uh, heard of us or listened to us here and there. But there are groups out there that have certain points that they know they're going to reach. And one of them is certain types of legislation, and they will gather and, you know, and there's going to be, there'll be a lot of bloodshed, I think, over this. And this this might sound like hyperbole or something like that, but I think that there are people who will be ready to say, you know what, that's it, that's enough, and, and they're going to act. Now, from my standpoint, you have a couple institutional barriers to try to go to get over. For example, the Supreme Court rulings and things like the D.C. gun ban. However, as we've noted, just on an intellectual basis, this shows you how fraudulent those people are in the Supreme Court. In the D.C. gun ban, in the Heller case, they ruled that you have a an individual right to keep and bear arms. But then at the end, as we've mentioned before, Antonin Scalia said, oh, but you know, rights can be attenuated. Yep, that's tr- uh, apparently the case. 800-259-9231. That is if they're rights that are kind of political rights that they've ascribed to you in the first place. Uh, 800-259-9231, which is what people believe about the Constitution. They're wrong, of course. Yep. It's Free Talk Live. The highly anticipated new documentary, Reclaiming the Blade, featuring Viggo Mortensen, Carl Urban, John Rice davies and Star Wars legend Bob Anderson is now available at swordmovie.com. The number one movie on iTunes is now available on a two-disc set that includes hours of swordplay instructional videos, behind-the-scenes footage, exclusive interviews, and a documentary on the making of a real sword. Visit swordmovie.com today for your chance to win one of many real historical replica swords, as well as the wonderful Force FX lightsabers from Hasbro. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. And that's freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, do shop with us over at amazon.freetalklive.com. You just start your shopping experience at that link and you will get all the stuff you're looking for because they likely sell it. It's Amazon, the world's largest internet retailer. Dozens of categories in which you can shop. Even used items, you can pick up a, a Gardner Goldsmith's book. He's really? uh, His book, Live Free or Die, is available via Amazon. Yeah. And Gard's book, I think, gets you $1 away from the free Super Saver shipping. So you add... 
pick up Guard's book, throw something else in there, and they'll uh, ship it to you for free because most of their brand new items at Amazon have free Super Saver shipping on Get them. Get a Danko Jones disc. Whatever Get a damned disc. Anything you feel like. Yes. Sounds good. Sounds so good. so head over to Amazon.freetalklive.com and get your shopping done. Now, we just had Phil in Ohio uh, call in about you know this kind of scary story about the uh, the UN going to come in and you know, going to pass some sort of legislation that is going to eliminate gun possession in in America. And it wasn't too specific as to how exactly that was going to come about. I'm not saying I, I disbelieve what it is he's suggesting. I'm not saying that I don't think that the government people would really, really want to accomplish something like that. What are you saying? Because you I'm sound just, like really critical of the guy. You were baiting him, and you believe everything he said. I mean, it, it's just it's just well, I don't know it if just I believe comes everything off as nasty. What you don't believe that the UN is interested in confiscating guns from I Americans? I don't know. Are they interested in confiscating guns? I think he didn't everybody in every government just about is interested in disarming its citizens. Yeah. Well, he you didn't know why say they, they wanted to, do to that? confiscate. He didn't say they wanted to confiscate. He said guns. they wanted to pass laws against it. I mean, what, what right. difference? What, what, how do you think they get the guns away from people? I think most people would have to turn them in voluntarily. I think a lot of people would. Well, then that okay. Then they get what they deserve, right? Well, I, but that you don't get to control what other people do. Do you think it would I'm be not easier? I'm trying to control. Do you what think other it would be do? easier for the government to confiscate your gun if everybody on the street didn't have one? I, I personally, I have to tell you, I think the people who own guns in this country. Um, either are black marketeers or the kinds of people who don't want to turn them in. First, they would work through the ballot box, a large portion of them, and protest. I mean, if you saw the number of people protesting that have now been swept up in the Tea Party movement, if they actually tried to pass bill, pass laws that prohibited people from using firearms in their own self-defense, I think you would see such a massive, massive turnout of people just at the ballot box that it would not happen. And then if it continued to go on, then you'd see these splinter groups that would start to take effect. Now, then the question is, would their actions actually make things worse? I tend to believe that violence does make uh, make things worse. I guess, Mark, I just I, I just don't really feel like what he's saying is going to um, it, it just doesn't feel like it matters to me. Right. Because it if, doesn't matter if the, the U.N. Um, tries to get uh, some of the more liberal people in the government of the United States to go around confiscating guns to you. He didn't say they were going to go around and confiscate guns. Ian, he said they were going to pass legislation. Get, look, here's how they're going to do it. It's simple. They pass a law against it, and then when you have, um, you know, and then the vast majority of people will turn their guns in because mm-hmm. having them, possessing them, and using them is far more dangerous than not having, possessing, and using them. And then the people that don't turn them in, they're going to come around and take them from those people or throw them in jail when they use them. I mean, really? Do you need a roadmap here? Yeah, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for somebody with a vision as to what exactly There's a vision. that would mean. So I you mean, do why, believe they would go house to, to house. Why do you have to ridicule that guy? You do believe they would they would go house to house and I don't know if they firearms. would go house to house. But well, how I are they going to find the guns? Well, what difference is a what what good is a gun that you can't shoot? Well, we know they've we know they've been pushing for registration everywhere. We know that. We know they've been pushing for a, a nationwide database. We know mm-hmm. that. Uh, so they've been setting these things up that many of the people on the conspiracy side that are seen as conspiratorialists had said they would try to do. Okay, that I mean it's only logical that they would try to do that if they are if they are opposed to uh, guns and so on and so forth. Uh, I think that if they go to try to take these final steps. I just think you're going to get incredible resistance because there's a certain psychology. I don't know of if you're people. right. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like uh, these gun owners and uh, these other people that are being regulated, their freedoms, having their freedoms regulated away, have uh, just allowed it to get this bad. What makes you think they're going to stop on this on this one issue? 
I mean, they let them, the, the people down in New Orleans got uh, let their guns get taken from them. Yeah, that's a good most point. Most of them. Most of them did. There yeah, were a few a holdouts. Point, there yeah. was one video we saw that where guy on his there porch. was Yeah, there was a lawyer who uh was threatening the uh, the military guys and he wouldn't let them come up. But it, it seems but, you to know, me if there was a radio talk show host out there that was in Louisiana warning people, "Hey, the government's going to come around and confiscate your guns. They might use an emergency to do it, but don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. You're going to give them up." I mean, he, he was knocking the legs out from under people that might stand up for their right to to keep and bear arms. I mean, don't you think that radio talk show host would at least bear some kind of moral onus for running his yacker? And, what are you uh, talking about? You are ridiculing that guy for what he had to say when what he had to I say didn't ridicule seems... ridicule him. I, yes, just asked him. I just asked him Look, to provide man, me an I've example. I've been working with you for 10 years on this show. I, I know when you're sounding like a, a, a jerk, and you were sounding like a jerk to the man. No, I, 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 I sort of disagree. I think Ian was, was trying to get... Yeah, we understood that he the was man's, trying the to get the guy to make some kind of scenario where Ian could then rip at the scenario as best he but, could. But you have to you have to ask a question Just of someone when they're idea. when they're posing this, especially when they when they you know that they come from organizations that pose a lot of conspiratorial views. You need to say, okay, we understand the, the, the conspiracy theory. The John Birch theory. Society does not pose that many conspiratorial I'm, views. Look, there are far more organizations Birch, out there that do that. I'm not I'm not ridiculing John Birch Society, but the the one of the core premises of the John Birch Society is anti-CFR, which is very I'm valid. anti-CFR. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. But people consider that to Council be a conspiracy theory. They consider that to, to be uh, people well, probably consider me a conspiracy right. so, theorist. So all I'm saying, Mark, is that when you when you're brought this information from someone and and he's he's generally friendly towards your ideas, mm-hmm. you want to say, okay, look, we're we're sort of on the same page here, but take me the next step because because in order to try to convince some of the other people of this, we need to work this through. People who are listening who hear this are probably questioning. Ian's trying to think of what are other people trying to question, and what you do is. You say, okay, we understand your theory, but how would it be enacted? And and you know he well, didn't Well, the really smartest have any thing that anybody can that. say in that scenario is, I don't know, because how could he know how it's going to be enacted? You can't predict how somebody else is going to be, but it, it, how they're well, going to act. Well, if he'd come up yeah, with something, if he'd just come up with something, I mean, he seemed so frightened of the UN and some legislation that was going to ban guns. And I just wanted to know what he thought that would translate into in reality. And if he had an idea, I was going to ask him what he would do about it. But we never even got to that point. He just didn't even have a concept of what it would mean to, uh, to for this legislation that is supposedly out there somewhere to pass through. I just, uh, you know, what I hear when I hear that is, um, you know, this that I, uh, you saying that I don't have a big tent philosophy, and if you don't believe what I believe, then um, you, then your your philosophy stinks. Well, and, you're reading an awful lot into it because uh, my, yeah, well, my I do my have a lot of experience this, dealing with you. My position on this is that uh, it's uh, just color me unconconcerned. Like, you know, if they pass some gun law, I'm concerned the if they pass some gun law. If they pass a gun law and the gun owners turn over their guns, then that's what they deserve, right? They they gave up and they gave up their freedom on their own volition whoopee do what do you think you're going to convince them by begging them to not pass this law I you think, think that, that's going to stop it. I think that uh, you know, fair warning, talking about it on the on the air is you know, communication is probably the best thing that you can do. Yeah, in that that's scenario. that's definitely necessary. I mean, Ian makes a great point. You make an excellent point too, Mark. It's 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 incumbent on us. I think one of the things that will make the difference between some sort of uh, sustainment of our individual liberties and what Abraham Lincoln did in the Civil War. And if 
you know, we can talk about if people are unaware of the, some of the crimes that Abraham Lincoln uh, perpetrated against individual liberty in, in the United States Constitution itself. Um, uh, they can, you know, read up on things, you know, Thomas D. Lorenzo's books on Lincoln are great. But uh, the difference here is you've got to inform people. And and I think Ian's questions really also went to that, which is well, my intention was to the theory, but my intention was to uh, it was to get an idea of what he his his vision was. He had no vision, so we moved on. And then you started accusing me of all kinds of things. When my real intention was to encourage people to not obey. Uh, if they're going to go ahead and pass some gun legislation, then. Don't obey it. Don't turn the guns in and don't bow down and don't let them search your house. Bury them out in the backyard or whatever it is that you But what uh, good is a, a gun that's do. buried out in the backyard? It avoids the house-to-house searches. They're probably but not going to come back. what difference does it make if you have a gun buried out in your backyard? So this, you bury it while they're searching, and then you can take it out again. This is the difference. That's but what why are you going to use it for? That's why I brought up some of the some of the uh, the groups that are already prepared for this sort of a thing. You know, I think we're sort of the the liaison between people who are already thinking about that and don't talk publicly, and those who try to talk about these potential threats, potential problems that arise because of the government system. And those who, when they hear about these sorts of proposals, will act, and I think they will. There will be these pockets, and as we said, we don't know whether it will make it worse or they'll be able to become free. But we need to inform those other people who are in the general audience to say, we hope you'll resist. We don't know how you'll do it, yeah. but we hope you'll resist. I'm not advocating they use their guns, Mark. I don't know what they're going to use what good them is a, for. What good is a gun if hey, you don't they use it? Keep, I, I'm a peacenik, peace man. I understand. More coming up. Hour number guns two is on the that way. shoots bullets, man. You can bring up uh, whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. Last hour, we had uh, somebody call in who was... Talking about a proposal, I guess, the suggestion that gun control is going to get worse and the U.N.'s involved and, uh, you know, look out, everybody. And 
Mark, you were cr- criticizing me last hour over this, saying that I was mean uh, to the guy over it, and I was... You were, uh, yeah, you were poking fun out of him and stuff. Like like he was, you know, like his ideas are just fruit loopy and nutty. When we know... Uh, we've I don't talked even know about, what his ideas are. Ta- All he was doing was calling to tell us that he thinks that uh, guns are going to be banned by the UN, and I just asked well, him what that was all about. Not by the UN. The UN was going to suggest legislation and then be banned by the United States and government. And I was asking him and for details. And we have pointed out over and, and over again on this program that, the UN, that many UN templates have been used by local and state governments for all kinds of legislation that they've passed. So the idea that the United States government might bow to the UN on a particular issue doesn't seem outlandish to me. I didn't say it was outlandish. I just simply asked him for an example of what was going to happen. He you're couldn't dodging provide nicely. It. Absolutely. I, he couldn't the to- provide your, it. Your tone and so sucked. We moved, we moved on. I think I, your tone I've, sucks. I've, I've heard Ian. Because I'm talking I've, to you. I've heard Ian denigrate people in a, in a logical manner uh, in the past, and uh, I think in this case I didn't hear that. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time analyzing his tone of voice or whatever. I thought he was asking questions that I would have wanted to have asked, and I know that you know you've seen right. him go in this direction before and to try to break here, things down. So what I'd like to point out is um, what you were going to suggest to the gentleman is non-compliance with uh, turning in one's guns, and I yeah, think if right. they do pass a gun law, um, you know, it's going to be some you know. If, if let's talk about this imaginary arduous gun law that essentially outlaws guns everywhere, and obviously the use of guns. That there's no really point in not turning in your guns, especially if you're not going to use them. Um, that there's you really only have three scenarios here you can keep your gun and use it to protect yourself um, and your family at which point when you do you will go to prison for a very long time you You can can take the gun out with it yeah, you could shoot yourself with it, yeah. um, um, or you know, if you decided to do some kind of mass homicide, you could do that too. But you could keep the gun and use it. You could keep the gun and bury it in your backyard mm-hmm. for the big one, the big old WW3 when you get ready for it. Well, isn't that why gun owners have their guns? They besides have, that, besi- I mean, besides those uh, circumstances to also defend their families against the common criminals as well. I mean, that's well, yeah, th- right. that's that's reason number one. You have the gun yeah. for for a few reasons, and um, you know, guns would outlaw all of those. You obviously couldn't do target practice, which is one of the reasons that people have guns because mm-hmm. they like them and they look neat and they have target practice. And I don't think that a ten-year, twenty-year prison stint is going to make that target practice seem so uh, seem like such a good idea. So I'm putting up the scenarios that are left here, and scenario number three is to take your AK-47 down to the nearest government building and start shooting people. And I don't think any of these are, are um, you know, uh, you know, solutions that are any good, so you might as well give your uh, gun up. Well, I, no, that's not what I would, uh, would advocate at all, because I think it's the... What's the point in keeping it? To disobey. Oh, well, gosh. You can disobey in so many ways. Why well, keep the gun? Well, that's the problem, Mark, and that's where I wanted to go with this, was that these people that are complaining, oh, our guns are going to take our guns... Well, you guys have been going along with the program this entire time. Are you so surprised that now comes the final uh, culmination, the apex of the uh, the gun confiscation and gun control movement? You, the gun owners, allowed gun registration. You, well, gun it was owners, just for the murderers and the violent criminals first, you know. And those are those all are I'm okay. saying is, if you didn't if you didn't stand up for anybody's guns, then it's no surprise to me that now they've they finally going to come after yours. So you allowed gun registration, you allowed uh, gun licensing, you allowed concealed carry permits, you allowed twenty thousand federal gun laws on the books, federal licenses for machine guns. I mean, that you can just go on and on about all of the different laws that gun owners have been coerced. Co- cajoled, persuaded into just accepting, eh, yeah, some of them complained about it. Arr! 
Sarah, but they never did anything about what it. What are they you going to do about it? Refused to obey. Refused to buy legally. Refused to sell legally. There's lots of unregistered weapons out there. I'd say probably more unregistered weapons than there are registered ones. Well, good. What difference does it make? None. Well, what, what difference does it make? What difference it makes is the the people that sell the guns went along with the program because they, uh, they're cowards and they uh, decided that their business was so important that they had to go and register with the federal government so they could keep selling their guns, which they're going to have confiscated from them anyway. Their would have done and, it if they didn't. And I would like to just mention uh, a couple things. First, uh, to the conversation you guys are having, then something that we mentioned off the air during the uh, top of the hour break. Uh, first, in the conversation you're having, Ian, uh, just a, a, a query for you. Uh, let's say that you have not complied. They come for you. Uh, I think philosophically uh, everyone is justified in self-defense, whether it is uh, because of theft of your property, because your property is is uh, essential for the upholding of one's own life. You have to be able to ensure that you can retain your property in order to retain the fruits of your labor that – allow you to subsist and to do better than subsistence. Uh, so philosophically speaking, anybody who's listening who doesn't think that there is a, f- a philosophical rationale for the use of self-defense, if government comes to take the weapons that you could use for self-defense, is is clearly uh, deluding himself. Now, if they came for the weapons, would you rec- – your choice, I don't know what you would do. I would defend myself. I uh, don't believe that violence leads to anything but more than uh, but more violence. So I that's an interesting yeah yeah I yeah. think that uh, if you defend yourself, um, you might take a couple of guys out, but you're going to end up having a hundred more come after you. So okay, you're not right. going to so you will not you survive would, that encounter. You'd be better off just turning the gun on yourself. You would agree. Point. You would agree that philosophically and and morally, you are you are perfectly justified. You would just make a different decision because the outcome might be i think morally you're justified yeah. uh practically it's going to make things worse yes, as you suggested earlier yeah. fighting back just justifies the state expanding right. justifies the state's excuses see these gun owners are crazy we need these laws uh but but if you go back and i know we can't go back right i it, maybe it's no there's no point in chastising uh the, the american people because it's the obedience that has allowed it to go uh, to get this far if when the government passed concealed carry legislation everybody just went ahead and concealed carried anyway and didn't pay any any damn attention to it if when they passed gun registration uh regulations nobody bothered to register their guns this nobody did argument, any of this stuff this is the argument that be, the people that say you shouldn't vote use though you don't get to control what everybody does and there's plenty of people that conceal that, that don't do an unlicensed concealed carry on a regular basis so this isn't you know you don't get to control everybody you only get to control i'm not trying you. to control think, anybody i'm just saying it's the obedience that got to the point where the next step is to just take all your guns away because yeah, they already and, know who's got them and mark you were saying if there was somebody down in new orleans who were speaking out you know the way ian is speaking out nobody really you know does that i i have a question though which is um for the john birch society members uh, we know that the JBS members are very much against the cult of world government. They don't like these groups, the, the, these, these people in the CFR and so on and so forth, the UN, who push for world government, world taxation, world regulation, world control, that sort of thing. Now, I would ask them, they oppose the cult of world government, but do they oppose the cult of government in specific government in general, I should say? Because that is, I think, a key question. Good they, question. And, and we talked about it off the air. I think any time one of us who is a free marketeer encounters a John Birch Society member with whom we have many, many things in common, clearly we are opposed to large government. But the question is, 
do they also take the next step philosophically, morally, that we would take to say you are your own mover, you control yourself, and you own yourself? All government is tyranny, and it is predicated on some sort of force and coercion of theft. So the question for them is, do you think that it would be better to go back to a, an old-style constitutional republic – and at that point, do you stop or do you say, I'd like to think a little bit further about this to say, you know what, that sort of system can be corrupted too. And it is predicated on a corrupt concept, which is that someone must give up his property because government is justified. Well, if anybody wants to answer that question, who is a Bircher, uh, they're welcome to dial in at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. David is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, David. David? Hi. I don't know if I had too much to contribute. <laughs> I was just going to say one thing, though. Sometimes I think those uh, when those people get all hyper about gun control and stuff, that um, maybe it's some kind of conspiracy for the gun companies to sell guns. Mm. <laughs> I'll tell you, nothing's been better for the gun companies than Obama. That is very insightful, David, and I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. There's more coming up. You can bring up anything at 800-259-9231. They're going to confiscate guns, and we've got a sale. <laughs> and for the grand prize, why was marijuana made illegal? Because uh, it's a gateway drug. Because there's no medical value. Because it corrupts the youth. Uh, cause drugs are bad, okay? Cause, cause it kills your brain cells. Uh, cause it makes you dumb. Cause it makes you lazy. Uh, cause it'll make boys grow boobs. Uh, cause it threatens industry and Americans are a bunch of sheep. MarijuanaMuscle.com Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. And those features do include our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com, see it for yourself. And by the way, the Shrine is brought to you by Manchester Brewing at manchesterbrewing.com. Critical thinking question. Why would something that is so good for us, like public education, need to be imposed on us with the use of force and funded by the use of force? Well, maybe something else is going on. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of public education. Visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more. That's schoolsucksproject.com as we continue with your phone calls and talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Gene. Hi, guys. Hey. Um, I wanted to say that uh, the way I see this all happening, the gun confiscation and what's going down, it's going to actually be three-pronged. Three things are going to happen, and not just there's not just one law that's going to be passed and people are just going to cough up their guns. It isn't going to be that easy. Um the economy, uh, as a small businessman, I can testify to the fact that the amount of burden being placed on the small businessman in this country is going to crush small business, as well as large business. It's not going to be the big businesses are not going to be exempt. So we're looking at an economic uh, situation in this country that we haven't seen since the Great Depression, and it's going to probably be worse than the Great Depression at the same time as 
of that economic collapse, of course, is going to be the, the lack of confidence in the dollar worldwide. So we're looking at a very terrible situation economically. Mm-hmm. That's going to be combined with legislation to uh, confiscate weapons and a crackdown on the Internet through IP filtering. They're going to eventually, uh, you know, they want to protect the children. so they're Like they're doing in Australia? Mm. Yeah, they'll, they'll naturally filter out, you know, Alex Jones and Free Talk Live and, uh, you know, uh, uh, all of the uh, conspiracy websites as well as the Liberty websites, Ron Paul's website, I'm sure, will get uh, filtered out. Yeah, they got to uh, break Rockwell. They have to break so, those lines of communication, Gene. You know, right? Hey, so uh, communication question. Communication will be restricted. Question, Gene. Um, when you when you mentioned uh, the three prong, the first prong, uh, we know economically things are are really really sketchy, and once the once the liquidity starts pumping up those prices, it's going to get really really bad. Um, how do you think that they would move? What would trigger some sort of a move to try to reduce the ability to use the weapons? Can you imagine any scenarios? I mean, you know, it's just speculation here, well, of course. Absolutely. The, the, the natural flow of events, once the economy starts falling apart, is your inner cities are going to become, uh, they're going to become killing zones, basically. They, they will be uh, a bloodbath in all the major cities. There will be racial divides that's going to be springing up. There will be uh, just plain economic divides that's going to be stringing, uh, springing up, and these people will be, become violent, and there will be riots. And so the government then is going to, well, I, you know, here I am using the term government when I don't even believe in government, but the, the powers that be, the men in power, are going to use that to push through emergency legislation to confiscate weapons. Well, at that point, uh, uh, people are going to start turning weapons on the police officers. And that's just going to accelerate the the violence. And, of course, they will have to shut down the Internet and restrict all com- forms of communication to uh, because the so-called terrorists are using it. It's very dire predictions. Point. This is dire predictions night here on, uh, on Free Talk Live. That's why I moved well, to the Free State yeah. Project, because I... Only see, um, you know, a, you know, an increase of of tyranny in this country. At, at, you know, time, you know, day after day, month after month, year after year, and yeah. I, I think that there there are only dire predictions when it comes to an increase in tyranny, especially when you're talking it's about true. the world's power and the world reserve currency. There, uh, you know, we're we're in a superlative and singular situation as United States citizens and users and earners of uh, of, of dollars solely. And, uh, you know, it's it's not going to be a good scenario, and that's why I moved for the Free State Project, and that's why I won't tell people that, no, it's okay if you don't move. I mean, I understand that uh, – I understand if people have reasons that they choose not to move and things like that, and I understand that it's my job to to encourage them. Well, but... just don't expect anything to, to get better where you are. You, yeah. I mean, that's not very likely to happen. So I agree with you, Mark. I mean, if, if people want to head any of this off at the, the pass, if there's a possibility to do that, it's here in New Hampshire – it's by seceding or declaring independence, getting the hell as far away politically from the uh, the, the right. United States federal government. That won't seem government. so crazy when the United States government is crumbling around you and, and the tyranny has okay. been enacted and everyone. Well, well, I second that. And as soon as, uh, you know, if, if we can get out of our contractual obligation here, I wouldn't mind uh, moving up there with you guys. I am a member of the Free State Project. But now to change to a different tone. Okay. Ian, you wanted me to upgrade you up, uh, 
update you on my pirate radio station and the range I'm getting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Didn't you get a new uh, transmitter or something like that? Or Yeah, I bought one of those 20 waters on eBay. Mm-hmm. And like I say, my antenna is still just sitting in my upstairs window here uh, on the inside of the house, not outside. Yeah. And I've been able to pick it up fairly clearly at three miles range. Awesome. And what's that up and from? What was it before? Um, probably a mile. Okay. Is that AM or FM? It's FM. FM. Who knows that besides... I've also been able to pick it up at times 6.3 miles away, which is where our office is. Fantastic. There are times when I pick it up 6.3 miles away pretty clearly. Now, you say (laughs) 6.3 as if you've uh, driven that distance, and 6.3 driven isn't the same as 6.3 airborne. That's a a straight line on Google Earth between my house and our office. I stand corrected. As the, as the crow flies, like they say. Well, congratulations on your experimentation, uh, Gene. Appreciate the call, as always, at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, yeah, there there is hope. It's not all dire out there. It doesn't have to be the end of, uh, end of the world. Uh, we can have liberty in our lifetime, but we're going to have to do something about it. We're well, there's have to always get the together. option. There's always the option of moving out of the United States when you know something terrible happens. But you have to be prepared. You know, you have to have if a certain they let amount you of leave. savings. <laughs> seems unlikely. Seems unlikely that they would stop you or could stop you. You know, that brings up the question to me, and I don't want to go uh, too far afield here, but that brings up the question to me within the free state or or any place where uh, freedom lovers are are trying to agitate, activate. Um, you have that that difference of opinion. Uh, if times are going to get bad, do you need to have some core group of freedom-minded people uh, within the state government apparatus? Or uh, because would that act as a way to help those people on the ground who don't even want to get involved in government. Let's say you've got your two groups, as they as we seem to have in within the Free State Project here. There are myriad groups, but we have those people who do get involved in the State House in Concord, mm-hmm. and those who are activists who sh- eschew and shun government. Um, would one act to help the other if times really got bad? I, I don't know. I, I think that most of the people that you're talking about are fr- friendly with one another. I mean, yeah. um, in this movement, there are people that are doing both of those things. People that are doing one, people that are doing the other, and most of them get along fairly well. So I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, I don't see. I, I, I mean, I don't know. More coming up. Time will tell. I suppose it's free talk live. Are you giving candy again this year for Valentine's Day? Get creative, man. That's what shows women you care. This year, get her George's famous baklava. It's Osborne approved. Walnut baklava with 50 layers of melt-in-your-mouth phyllo. All of the ingredients are premium and all-natural. That's why it tastes so good. Shipped in a special container, priority mail, so it gets to you fresh and delicious. Order by February 10th to make sure you have it in time for Valentine's Day at mandrik.com. M-A-N-D-R-I-K.com. No C in there. Mandrik.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And freetalklive.com, those features including updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on the list for free. That's updates. 
www.freetalklive.com. And if you need any kind of uh, legal work done, whether it's incorporating a business or patents or will, if you need a will, you really should. If you don't have a will, you really should have a will. Uh, trademarks, uh, LLCs, living trusts, all these things you can handle cheaply quickly and easily at LegalZoom.com. I've used their service. It is fast and easy. And if you use code FTL, you can save $10 off of your order at LegalZoom.com. You know you have to get these uh, these these documents done, and uh, this is an easy way to do it. LegalZoom.com, code FTL. We continue with your phone call. Stephen is in Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live, the in-garden mark. Hello, Stephen. Hey, you guys. Really appreciate your show. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I was going to call about uh, the gun control. Hey, you know what? There's something to remember about all this. And your three scenarios were very, very um, insightful, very accurate. Um, but the thing is that people need to remember there's probably 90% that will just turn their guns in. Yes. It's the same with the gun dealers. You know, I don't want to lose my business. But i got to let you know, there's probably about another 10%. It could be 15 now. It's going to be 10 or 15 million people highly trained, highly armed, um, they know how to make IUDs. They're starting militias. They got this. And you need to, people need to keep in mind also that Iraq is the size of California, and they can't even handle it there. Our military is stretched everywhere. There's going to be no Marines or Army here. There's going to be mercenaries and people from different countries. And then you've got to remember also that they're torturing now. And you've got to also remember they're raping the, the wives and kids and this kind of stuff. So these 10 or 15 million people are going, no, that ain't going to happen to me. I'll either get mowed down or go rape my wife and kids. And so this is where you've got 10 to 15 highly trained, motivated, ready-to-die people in a country that's, that's 50 times bigger than, well, the 50 is exaggerating, Iraq and Afghanistan, and they can't even do it there. We know our territory. We know how to do stuff. We have Tell me about this raping of wives and children's thing. Tell me about the troops raping We're doing it all people. over in Africa. I've seen a few instances, but it doesn't seem True, to be they common. They rape a 14-year-old place. girl, and they uh, they rape the, the right, woman. Well, but the, if you if you, put a certain, you don't hear about it, one out of three women, one out of three cotton picking uh, uh, army, United States Army, one out of three are getting either uh, raped or having problems with, and these are army personnel, United States Army personnel. I heard that statistic recently. Yeah. Yeah, and hmm. so, man, no, it's getting out of control, and people are starting to see that it's getting out of control, and you better be cotton-picking armed. And I'm sorry, but, man, from I don't mean to get off here. Sorry about that. But um, I would suggest being very careful, and I will let you know about New Hampshire. If you read the book Molan LaBay, unless New Hampshire's got a two or three nuclear um, bombs strategically located in Washington, D.C., and, and they'll just come in and take you over when you cross the line. They're going to you know? take New Hampshire over? They did. Man, you should read the book Milan Bay. It's a very written oh, by no. Boston Tea Party. It's a fiction book. Yeah, it's a fiction book, but there's a lot of truth to it. And I'm, I'm telling you, they'll just wait. They'll let you do what you do right now. But if you get you step on their toes too much, they'll just come in and make up something, and then they'll just. What are they going to do? Oh, I, false flag attack like 9/11. And put it right there, so they have to bring all their military in. I yeah, don't know. we were talking. We were talking off the air about how they might try to infiltrate certain groups. And right now, I wouldn't. Yep. I wouldn't put it past members of the NSA to already have the, plants to be making certain plans and try to cajole people into, do, into doing things. And a uh, question. Um, so you, wait, wait, wait. You yeah. think they're going to occupy New Hampshire with the U.S. military? They're going to move them out of uh, Afghanistan and bring them into New Hampshire if New Hampshire no, declares that, independence? No, no, no. 
nothing like that. I kind of like your idea, what your thoughts are better. They'll do co-ops like they go to Iran, and they'll do co-ops is what they'll do. Or I don't know what they'll do, okay? But no, I don't think they're going to do what you said. Okay, that's what I thought you – I thought that's what you said a moment ago. I didn't say that they would oh. do that. I don't believe they would. No, I don't I, either. I think they'll try to make it recursive. I think what they'll try to do is, is paint – the uh, freedom-minded people in a in a such a bad light that the general populace, which still comprises the majority in New Hampshire, will be turned against them, and local right. law enforcement will then be used to round those people up to somehow retain re- retain the peace and so on and so that's forth. Something. Do you think that it would be different in a different state? No, like a, that sounds more, no, that sounds more feasible. What you just said, that's more because like what they they just took over the Tea Parties. The, the GOP just took over the Tea Party. So yeah. they've been taken over since day one. I mean, the Tea Parties have been from day one a uh, movement toward, toward promoting the Republican candidates. It's all they've ever been. It's just that I don't uh, know about ever been. I think that there was there, Jason there, Osborne threw one in Defiance, the, the, Ohio, that didn't count. But right. there, there was a certain well, there was there was a certain um, uh, you know sort of. You know, people that were for small, small or small, smaller, non-existent government, um, and there were, you know, just sort of the Republican thing. And I think that uh, they jumped on it. Yeah, I they, think I think that they were outnumbered, it. but I, I think yeah, from you day know, one. Yeah, it's well, no, not from not from day one. Day not one, the, day the one. very first ones were yeah, were were real protests from some real. What's that? I think we had a few months. Yeah, exactly. And then it started okay. to get Fox News started to cover it, and uh, and it started to get wrapped up uh, after after the actual anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. Uh, you know, through April, May, uh, as June started to come up, I think by that time, uh, some of the establishment people had had recognized the power of this, and they they needed to, as Ian said, they needed to co-opt it. So, Stephen, just to, just to clarify here, because I. Just want to make sure I'm understanding what you were saying. You're saying that if New Hampshire, uh, the people in New Hampshire decide to declare independence, that you don't believe the feds will uh, will bring the military in? They will. How? I don't know. I just don't know okay. how far. So it depends how far you go, how far New Hampshire goes on, on what they do. If they we're do leaving. It. Declaring independence. Goodbye, federal government. Oh, I don't know if you could make that claim. If you were, you're saying in, in a uh, Hypothetical. hypothetically. Okay. Mm. Ideally. Yeah, yeah. and. I will. I'm gonna. End, I'll, I'm gonna close with this. Is I still think I didn't mean to be negative on you guys on New Hampshire because what you're doing is awesome. It's great, and I will support. I'll look it up and whatever I can do to support you. Um, I just brought that up. I didn't want to make a big deal out of it because all that we're doing and all your state is doing it just brings more attention. And it does really help, and it's an extremely positive thing. So I did not mean to make it negative. Well, thanks, Stephen. I appreciate hearing from you tonight, and thank you for the call at 800-259-9231. He must have changed his mind, and that's okay. You can change. I've changed what I've said over uh, over the years. That's for darn sure. Uh, Yeah, I don't think that it's it's realistic to believe that they're going to roll the military in should New Hampshire decide to leave. Should the uh, the political designation known as New Hampshire uh, decide that they've had enough with the federal government? I just don't think that's going to be the case. Now, Guard, you're saying they're going to put plants in and that they're going to do what? What exactly is your vision? Well, there? you know, uh, just one one hypothetical is that uh, it's possible that they know that that approach that you just mentioned would not work because it, it's just it's it's real just, bad PR. It's so much force. It's so obvious. Uh, a much more subtle way to do it. Uh, would be, you know, some sort of recursive uh, injection of some s- strategically placed individuals to be within certain movements to do certain things in the name of this movement. 
to gather certain people around to be in the group for X number of years, a couple mm-hmm. years, whatever, and then um, you know do do some violent act or, or numerous violent acts that eventually turn the majority of the populace that is still out there that would be on the fence against them. Well, the good news is that whenever somebody shows up on, for instance, the Free Keen Forum and starts advocating for violence or starts asking questions about, well, guys, what's your line in the sand? When are you going to start getting violent? Whenever they start uh, agitating like that, uh, it's like a red flag goes up, a klaxon goes off, and everybody just jumps on in and says, hey, we don't want that kind of talk here. This is a peaceful evolution we are not uh, advocates of violence, at least not at the the Free Keen uh, Forum. I don't know about the rest of the the Liberty Movement here in New mm-hmm, Hampshire. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're doing and what their beliefs are, but I know that uh, at least in in my little corner of the the movement, uh, you know, the tagline is peaceful evolution at, at Free Keen, and uh, the, the 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 principles behind our website, people like myself and Dale from AnarchyInYourHead.com we're very, very devout into uh, you know achieving liberty through peaceful means. In fact, we don't think that uh, I, I think I can speak for Dale when I say this, that uh I don't think that it uh, you can achieve vol- uh, you can achieve a voluntary society through violence. I don't think you can achieve peace through uh, through violence. And anybody that comes and starts bringing the, that kind of terminology in, they're they're possibly going to get banned if they don't stop. From the last margins of the land of Big Brother comes a new pro-freedom website. The UK Libertarian rails against the country's ridiculous regulation, its crumbling National Health Service, its disintegrating government schools, and the political parasites leeching more of our freedom every single day. Visit us at www.theuklibertarian.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gart. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And those features include live streams. A broadband version of the show is available. Dial-up version, webcam, even the Free Talk Live listen lines, which, by the way, the phone number has changed on the listen line. It, as of the last week, uh, it's 760-569-7752, 760-569-7752. Punch that into your cell phone or your home phone or wherever it is you have a phone. Uh, you can use your phone to listen to Free Talk Live 24 hours a day. Pretty cool. And That's it's free. Awesome. Well, I'm away. Unless you have to pay for long distance. <laughs> yes. Point of info. There's no charge. We're not charging for it. By the phone line, but your phone company might charge you to Check connect. those international tolls, too. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, in some places, you can't carry a gun. Some people won't carry a gun, whether that's uh, you know a wife or you know girlfriend or whomever. Some people aren't interested in carrying weapons. Someday they might ban guns. Right. In, in those scenarios, well, I don't know that that uh, particularly matters in this scenario, but uh, you know, it's the Tiger Light is a non lethal weapon um, and it's a very uh, bright flashlight at the same time so it's a flashlight with an integrated pepper spray that has the stopping power of a handgun it's a it's a it's a heck of a claim to make but it uh, this is these are the testings done by military organizations and um, police organizations and you can go find out more at tiger.freetalklive.com and get one of these for yourself or for a loved one at tiger.freetalklive.com. I have one. I've got some uh, Velcro stuck on it, and I can, you know, I have different places where the Velcro's up, and I just stick it on in 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 the vehicle. I stick it up at uh, on the wall. It's tiger.freetalklive.com. 
All right, 800-259-9231. Back to your phone calls and the fun. We go back to Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Matt. Hey, guys. How are you today? You're on the air. What's on your mind? Uh, I wanted to ask a question. Specifically, I know Gard knows a lot about Abraham Lincoln. I think think, uh, Abraham Lincoln is Gard's favorite villain. (laughs) Well, one of them. I'm curious. I... I don't really know a lot about Abraham Lincoln. I know I come from Illinois. I'm supposed to know everything about it, but I don't. And I'm curious because I've heard uh, quite often that he, uh, one of the reasons for going to war was that he wanted to keep the international bankers out of uh, out of the business of the United States. And they, they were starting to influence the uh, the southern states. And then that was one of the reasons why he was uh, murdered at the end of the war. That was one of the reasons for his assassination, and I wanted to know what you knew about that. You know, I've I've heard a few rumblings about that, read a few lines here and there, and uh, haven't really been able to, and, and this is honest to God's truth, it's very interesting to me because I've heard the same thing, that Abraham Lincoln wanted to reintroduce a sound currency, uh, that he, he was very interested in... in and uh, trying to eliminate uh, runaway inflation, except he didn't understand inflation, I think. Um, I don't really know about that. I know that his his crimes and his moral instability are very clear. His his uh, actions opposing the Constitution, running it into the ground, uh, arresting people for no reason, uh, his belief that blacks were inferior is, is all uh, clearly chronicled. Um, the institution of an unconstitutional income tax, institution of the uh, unconstitutional draft, all of those things, um, those are clear. It is very interesting. Uh, I'll look some information up about that. I think one of the great people to uh, to investigate and, and ask about that would be Thomas Dean Lorenzo. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, I like to apply Occam's razor mm-hmm. as, as often as I can, and it's not the easiest thing to apply. And uh, for those that don't know what Occam's razor is, yes. Occam's razor is essentially don't make something more complicated than it has to be. Look for the, the easiest um, uh, you know, solution. It's not always right. But um, isn't it doesn't uh, doesn't it seem more likely that the reason that uh, Abraham Lincoln was murdered was you know three guys that really liked the Confederacy were were upset that uh, they lost and they wanted to you know get one last chance when to to take care of him? Yeah, makes sense to me. I uh, I, I have to say you know I don't want this to sound too harsh, but uh, something should have been done to him a lot sooner. Um, he should have been taken away for treason clearly. Uh, if you are a constitutionalist, um, I, I just opened up something here uh, based on your phone call um, about Abraham Lincoln. And uh, there is there is a, a pretty large amount. If you put an Abraham Lincoln sound money in any sort of web search, uh, here's one from uh, Servalec.net. Abraham Lincoln worked valiantly to prevent the Rothschild attempt to so on and so forth. Um, so there there are some rumblings about that. I'll look it up, see what see what else I can find. And uh, maybe try to address it uh, some other time because it is interesting um, to me. I can't see that he could have been that interested in sound money if he was so. He seemed so more interested in keeping in, the union together than he did uh, sound money. And and he seemed more interested in keeping the union together for in 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 my, in my readings because he had so many vested interests and connections with moneyed interests and bankers and builders and so on in the north. Well, and, wouldn't he also be a failure? 
I mean, wouldn't he be a failure as a president if uh, if the union were to disintegrate on his watch? I guess it depends on whether or not you consider failure the individual who upholds the Constitution and says, yes, you're free to go, do whatever you want to do. Right, or from a psycho power together. freak perspective. You're right. Right? Yep. Well, isn't there a, a, uh, a bit of truth to the, uh, 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 to the belief, at least, that a lot of the states... A lot of the southern states started leaving because he was elected. Absolutely, absolutely right. Um, they knew that he was very tied to a lot of the big, um, the big uh, northern states and their um, their manufacturing the interests. Yes, the right. the industrialists. Well, yes, he was exactly. a, he was an abolitionist from way back, um, and uh, you know he may not have believed that that blacks were equal um, to whites, but he was an abolitionist, and I think that I think that it's a I think it's a mistake that uh, you know some people will make to try to to you know to to say that the the uh, war of northern aggression had nothing to do with slavery because I think it did, but. Um, wasn't it wasn't it uh, Abraham Lincoln that uh, presided over the presidency at the time that the greenback was instituted during the the Civil War? Or have I got my history right. messed up? I mean, right. so that was how his idea? That's that's the whole yes. idea behind him not wanting to use the international bankers' money. See, he didn't go to the European banks, to the Rothschilds, and, and ask for a central bank to be institutionalized in the uh, northern states. So that he could finance his war. Instead, he figured it would be easier and cheaper, and probably he was probably right for for the the, the national the uh, national federal government to print its own money without using the bankers. Yeah, uh, and and of course the greenback, as as we know, could could be manipulated by his friends in government. It, you know whether it was associated with the international conspiracy or not. I'm at this one prote- uh, heads, uh, website, heretech.com says the Lincoln Conspiracy, published in 1977, fleetingly brought to American public attention what had long been of intense interest to conspiracy theorists. They and a few discerning writers along the way have known that Lincoln was not assassinated by agents of the defeated Confederacy, as popular history has claimed, and no American historian or politician has, has had the guts to correct. Popular history has made Lincoln into a towering figure, but has very carefully failed to record the matter of his true genius and probable cause for his martyrdom. Jeez, <laughs> oh, like so many oh, yeah, others. That's, that's yes, taking it overboard. Yes, yes, and and so uh, what they say here is 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 like what you said. It it has to do with uh, the international banking cartel that uh, didn't like him. Well, um, I I find that pretty. I don't know. I I find that pretty bogus. I think there was so much hatred on the part of the Confederacy, justified hatred, by the way, that uh, Lincoln was a marked man. Yeah, that that's probably quite likely. It's just I don't you know, it's it's so long ago. I mean it's hundred and fifty years ago. And, you know, we can't even figure out what happened with the Kennedy thing. That that's still murky. Yeah. Well, I, I, Garden, Gardner, I, I don't like to, to and in being a Southerner, um, I don't like to make it seem like somehow the um, the the Confederacy, although I believe that those states had the 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 right of the power to the power is probably more accurate to secede from the Union. I don't think 
that the reasons that they wanted to do it were good ones. They wanted to secede from the Union, and if you look at um, the oh, secession papers from many of these uh, these states, that the reason they wanted to do it is because they wanted uh, some the, the richest people in those states to be able to own black people. And I don't think those are good reasons. Um, I do think that you know states uh, you know should have been able to secede if that's what they wanted. Were they do, also being taxed uh, more down there? There was an arduous tax, absolutely, and you know it's difficult to to know which one of these two things you know was the was the biggest uh, reason. And uh, Lincoln did state to the the southern states that they could keep their slaves if they just return. So it's pretty clear that it wasn't a war about the ending of slavery, but it was, a, to some extent, a secession about slavery, the preservation of slavery. To some extent, yeah. To some extent. And, and to a great extent about tariffs that were being applied to foreign goods that would force the Southerners to have to buy northern products rather than foreign goods. Thanks, Matt, for the call. There's more coming up here. Hour 3 is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at (laughs) freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And guard. And Mark, join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give away the features totally free. Those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their websites, ours is free. So enjoy it at freetalklive.com. As we continue, uh, you can bring up absolutely anything. Let's talk to, I believe, Mark is with us in New York. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. The Ingarden. Mark. Gentlemen, you got the best producer in the country, Matt, over there. Oh, Matt? Our producer? You mean the phone screener? (laughs) I'm sure he's great. This is Matt's dad. (laughs) <laughs> actually, actually uh, just a question, if I may. I, I've been here in secession, um, even uh, in New Mexico as well. But the only uh, question I have is, is if you secede away from the federal government, they say, sure, go ahead. What are you going to do for money? What do you mean, what are you going to do for money? Well, it's their money, and if you, you, you have to coin gold and silver. Okay. And anybody that uh, possibly takes any money uh, from the federal government, like Social Security or Medicare, they might stop that and say your residents have to give that up. And the problem is another state. If you go into another state to cash a check, are they going to uh, say, okay, you can cash that here? Secession is good if we tiptoe through the tulips. But uh, making a move like that seems seems almost utterly impossible. There, I mean, what are we going to do? They're going to pull their uh, the, the military base. You've got a lot any- of questions. A lot of questions you're asking here, um, and you're not going to give. You're not. There's no opportunity to answer them. Okay. Um, first off, many countries use dollars um, that. You know, the federal government doesn't have any problem. Canada, um, go they're to all Canada. Over the well, no, not Canadian dollars, man. U.S. dollars. No, you can go to Canada across the border, and most places will take U.S. dollars from you. You can go some places, and they don't even really have their own currency. Uh, but certainly, there's that too. Yeah, yeah. They, they will take them. They will take dollars pretty much everywhere, at least where the tourists are. 
Um, so you could take dollars if that's what they wanted to do. Secondly, um, Social Security and uh, Medicare, Medicaid, things like that. Well, currently, uh, many there's many people that live outside the United States and collect Social Security. Um, Costa Rica, yeah. uh, Guatemala, Honduras, these places are, are have uh, you know communities that are designed around getting Americans to move there and basically uh, you know live much better than they would in the United States because the money's worth more there uh, because you know labor's um, costs less. So that's certainly a possibility. Issuing gold and silver as uh, as currency is. I don't know why the state would get involved with that, but the you know, state likes to be involved in everything. I would hope that they wouldn't be involved in the issuing of currency, but if you just left it up to the marketplace, people will use what people use. They may use gold and silver. I currently use gold and silver to buy, trade, and um, you know, sell with, with my friends when I can, mm-hmm. so I don't see why that would be precluded. No, um, the marketplace you know, will handle this. What, what yeah. you're restricted by in your own mind is that somehow New Hampshire has to have um, you know, some kind of uh, cohesive plan for currency, and it really doesn't. The fact is people will figure out how to buy, sell, and trade. Excellent, yeah. Mark? Yeah, uh, again, when you bring up the other countries, but they don't live by our Constitution. And, and, and if, what if, Constitution? If what constitution? Well, if you're seceding, you don't have the U.S. Constitution anymore. Exactly, and that makes my point even more clear that a state cannot admit bills um, in paper. It has uh, well, I think I think you're locked when walked within certain paradigm. You're locked within the state paradigm, the government paradigm. We're individuals. We trade with one another for goods and services. We don't need politicians telling us that they approve the denominations by which we do our trading. So, I mean, maybe maybe we're being impractical here if the state of New Hampshire were to secede. But certainly if the state of New Hampshire were to secede, you would see many of us within the freedom movement here pushing for the state of New Hampshire not to get involved with the issuance of currency. Absolutely. I think if you could get this point, if you could get politics to the point where you could have secession or declare, uh, declaring independence being politically feasible, you could also have uh, hopefully the influence you would need to prevent the state from minting its own uh, currency and just allowing the marketplace to uh, to come up with whatever the marketplace thinks is best yeah. for, uh, for, a, for a go-between. I, I give you a great example. You know, they talk about the time of, of, uh, of free banking during the Jacksonian era, and uh, in, in some of my research and so on, we were talking about Abraham Lincoln and his greenback thing, which uh, was really just a way to get the federal government to put out money that would have been worthless money, too, uh, rather than doing it through uh, associations with large private banks, loaning to the federal government and so on and so forth, like a Federal Reserve type system. Uh, if, if you look back at the Jacksonian period, where they called it the free banking era, um, that really wasn't a period of free banking because no. – exactly, and you know. And for right. those people who aren't aware of it, what well, happened was they say, oh, the free banking era was in, in unstable, allowing private banks to issue their own currency. That wasn't stable either. Well, actually, the way it went was it, the states only allowed private banks to issue currency if they bought a huge amount of state debt. And then f- I think it was 14 or 17 states defaulted on their debts. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. of course, it was unstable because they were tied to politicians who have an incentive to spend other people's money. The banks have an incentive to stay in business, and they have to operate at a profit. So they don't have this ridiculous political incentive. They have market incentives. So if you leave it to the market, it would be much more stable. So has that answered your concerns, Mark? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. See, I, I, I just finished up the creature from Jekyll Island, and I'm, I don't claim to know anything, but... Uh, um, 
it's just hard for me to understand if we pull away from the federal government, even as a state, and they say, okay, you've got to pull 100% away, then where are we? Unless we have at least 15 or 20 other states that are going to do it all at once. Where you mean, are you? Do you, you mean with political force I'm in New York or do you State. mean monetarily? No, your, your question was, where are you uh, when you pull away from the federal government? Are we still talking about money here? Or are we talking about something else? Oh, absolutely. Else? Absolutely. It, if they, what are we going to use? You, you know, you say trade, but what, that when the Indians have treaties, but the Indians till this day cannot trade, and the Amish people cannot trade either, just amongst themselves. Well, what do you mean at, they can't trade? I mean, I, I do business with an Amish guy on a regular basis. Right, but two Amish people in Ohio just got caught selling two gallons of raw milk, and the poor girls are going to uh, city court for it. Right, but that's the same thing as anybody, though. It's not because they're Amish. It's because they're buying and selling raw milk, and this crazy uh, country allows the, the big big milk producers to outlaw raw milk. That has nothing to do with being Amish or being Indian. I think it's incumbent on us to spread the word that you don't need the state to get involved. Uh, if, if Oh, no, no, yeah, I, I know yeah, that. Absolutely. Oh, so, I know that. So, I'm all for you. I'm all yeah, for everything. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I just say tiptoe through the tulips, that's all. What, is, what do you say that? What does that mean? Well, because everybody wants to be gun-ho, you know, uh, the way our government's talking to us, they're talking about an uprival. No, we're rising up. To me, that's a little bit different. You know, I tell people it's amazing we're in two wars uh, undeclared, and nobody puts flags out. I mean, you guys might be loaded with flags, but after 9-11, they bought a flag. A couple months later, they put it away, and we're just so quick to, to hear what's going on today. Now, tomorrow, from what I hear, and it's not a rumor, that our governor is going to resign over here in New York. They got something on him. If he don't resign, he's going to go down big mm. time. Yeah, I heard about that. There was something in the Drudge Report about that. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you a question. Uh, you yes, know, um, would you, for example, let's say let's say New Hampshire or other states, things get really bad economically, and right. and and so we have enough political force here to say, okay, we're seceding. There's a vote. Secession, secession happens. We're still within the state government paradigm, and by some amazing quirk of fate, uh, people are educated enough that New Hampshire is allowed to go without retribution by the central authorities militarily, the way Lincoln did. Um, okay, so let's say we can go. Would you be? You look at what the Lakota Sioux have done. They right. started their own currency. They said they started their own their own nation, the Lakota Nation, and it right. is a it is a metal based currency. Would that be something that you could see as feasible? Oh, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Right. So that you can go to another state and you could buy anything and just use that. Mm-hmm. You know, interstate trade. Well, I mean, not know, trade, but as far as currency goes, it's basically the same thing. I think Wait. we know that trade is always going to happen. So if we could make the next step, I think our our and end point is that you don't need the state to do this because you can have private banks uh, issuing their own currency based on right based and on the their marketplace stores. and competition between those banks and the different people in the marketplace that are providing um, monetary services will out the best uh, survey will out the best options and that's if you can keep the state out of it and that's the important part right thank you Mark for the call I appreciate hearing from you and if you want to go travel to Massachusetts or Vermont or something like that you might have to have some dollars with you or you know maybe they'll accept silver who knows how that'll uh, handle. But you'll always be able to convert one currency to another, right? As long as somebody's willing to make a small profit from the conversion. Uh, More coming up here. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. 
This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine, nutritious vitamins and minerals and a delicious chocolate taste for your picky eaters. Be sure to visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. With kids, food battles are more about control than about food. If you want to avoid a battle with your picky eater, give them a say in what they eat. At dinner, let them choose between broccoli or fruit salad. At the supermarket, give them three cereals to pick from. The more control they have, the less there is to argue about. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gar. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free, including our webcam, which is also connected to our chat room. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com, watch and chat. Uh, that's cam freetalklive.com. That is chat with other listeners. Sometimes a Free Talk Live host uh, will will go in there. Frequently, I'm found in there sometimes after the show. Uh, but sometimes you'll spot some of us in there during the breaks. Chat.freetalk... Oh, excuse me. Cam.freetalklive.com gets you to both the cam and the chat room all on the same page. And it's free. The highly anticipated new documentary, Reclaiming the Blade, featuring, featuring Viggo Mortensen, Carl Urban, John Rhys-Davies, and Star Wars legend Bob Anderson, is now available at swordmovie.com. The film includes hours of swordplay, instructional videos, as well as behind-the-scenes videos and exclusive interviews. Pick up your copy today and discover our heritage with the sword and the historical rights of free men. Visit swordmovie.com today for your chance to win one of the many real historical replicas and lightsabers at swordmovie.com. All right, we continue with your phone calls, and we don't get these calls often enough, but uh, we've got a personal call. On the line here. Personal issue. Rare. From what I understand. And Lindsay is on with us, uh, calling from New Hampshire Rare. on the amp line. Hello, Hello. there. Hi. Hey, what's yes. on your mind? Well, I'm, I'm feeling a bit jaded, and I thought, how can I ask some men a question? Like all men, if you've ever ditched a woman in the middle of a date, why? Wow. In the what middle of a date. So da- in the middle of a date, or, or you just disappear. So, you know the the you never follow up without even an emergency came up line. The first you know, instinct, to, yeah. first instinct I have, Lindsay, is to want to find yeah. out a lot more about what happened because uh, I'm sure this is a, a, a sad but f- fascinating story. But I won't ask too much about what happened. Well, no, it's 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 a it's an internet dating sort of a NSA blind date mm. um, sort of a thing. You know, which which is pretty common these days with Craigslist and all, right? So it's, what, it's what was it? NSA a, a blind date? Is that what you said? NSA, yes. Well, with the in, intention of of having a sexual encounter. Okay. What does NSA stand for? No strings attached. Ah. Ah. I thought it was no such agency. Yeah, I, wasn't, I had no idea what <laughs> it was. I'll tell you, Lindsay, you know, based on your question, uh, mm. the first answer that I would have uh, is, within, given the context of it, uh, without knowing well, the context. Well, a lot more context okay. there, but yeah. All right, well, uh, just on, on first on first blush, uh, you know, when you first mentioned without knowing the NSA thing, I would have thought, well, your answer is the guy's an a-hole. Yeah. You know, I mean, no guy would do that to a girl. I mean, it just is ridiculous. Now, given the context, it's possible that he was new to this and felt very, very nervous. But even then, 
What guy right. can't stand up and say, hey, you know what? You know, I got to tell you, this really isn't for me, but, you know, we'll part. We'll go our separate ways. And I just wanted to let you know so you're not questioning anything. I'm, I'm a little curious yeah. here. Uh, you're, you're, we're talking about the middle of the date departing or you're, you're talking about the can in- we, How much info will you give us, Lindsay? I mean, what, what, yeah, can actually, we paint the picture? Well, how much would you like to know? As much <laughs> as you want. Believe me, people <laughs> okay, want to know. Point yeah. of in- wait, wait, point of information. So this was a blind date. You, you and this guy had never actually even traded photos before meeting? Uh, traded first emails, then photos, okay. then uh, instant message chatting. With okay. both of these fellows today, it's just happened twice in one day. And two I'm guys? Two times? Yes. In one day? How do you schedule yes. two dates with two guys in one evening? Well, I had a plan B in case oh. plan A didn't work out. So, so if, you had gotten, if you had gotten dumped by one guy in the middle in plan A, you wouldn't have been right. calling. You'd be like, hey, that guy was a weirdo, but something happened twice. So you're wondering, what am I doing wrong or what guys? What yeah. insight can you give me? Maybe they what, went off to their plan happening? B's, Lindsay. And they were both in Manchester. Is that my problem? They I don't know. Manchester. Uh, that, that, so, yeah, I wanted I wanted to get some opinions there. If there's any men that have ever uh, okay, okay, just look, like gotten spooked for some reason on that, a date, I kind of want a clue as I, to. I tend to agree with what Guard said, and that is that these guys are pretty cowardly. But let me get a little more info from you. So you traded sure. pictures, you traded emails, you yeah. you did uh, was it voice chat was the other thing or what, what was it? Um, one was a webcam, but webcam. there wasn't voice. Okay, so so multiple yeah, so um, real people. Yeah. So, the, so you knew they were real. They knew you were real. It was there was no question mm-hmm. uh, beforehand. This was not a blind date. This was just a first right. meeting. And how, and how long right. in advance were you talking with them online prior to the uh, the meeting? Oh, just a couple of hours today. I was. So you didn't know them before. Sort of in a rush. It, right. Yeah. Oh, well, that's pretty interesting. I love this story. Um, no, yeah, I've never heard of anything like this before. This is quite interesting. Uh, so I dumped a girl in the middle of a date, and uh, Gardner here, um, and I'll tell you what, what you happened. dumped Gardner? What? Yeah. Okay. Well, Gardner oh, said that no guy would do this. So I'm, I'm, okay. uh, and, and of the guys here, I feel most qualified then to you answer are. this question. I don't know if I've ever been on a date. <laughs> I don't know. People ask the last Ian questions and a half. about dating. God. <laughs> It's like asking, it's like asking him how to, uh, you know, how to how to spend money at a, in Las Vegas on a hey, expensive hotel room. He can't do it. Um, now, anyway, I, I went out with a, a girl, and um, it was on the date, and then how we were, old were you? Um, in my early thirties, maybe. Okay. And uh, between the time that we had had dinner and we were going to go to a movie after that, I got a call from an uh, an ex girlfriend mm-hmm. who basically said. Come on over right now. And, you know, I still had feelings. It was it was my most recent ex. It was only, you know, weeks, if if that, afterwards. Yeah. And um, so I I took the opportunity, you know, called the girl, said, you know, hey, something came up. I, I've, got, I've got an emergency i got to take care of. And, um, Wait, you was, called her? You I thought called you were between you a, mo- a dinner and a movie. I think I might have met her. I think I might have gone to the movies, not, in, not didn't have her um, cell phone number. I think I went to the, the place where the movie was, drove mm-hmm. there, said, hey, I, I've got to go. I've got an emergency. I'm sorry. But she, but okay. Well, at least you had the guts well, to do that. Well, at least you told her, yeah. yeah. Right? You, you, were, you were stood up. So what was the first yeah, stand-up? Yeah, I, I want story. But here. I want to know. No, no. I, I want to know content. about Lindsay. Lindsay was prepared for a stand-up on this scenario. She had a plan B. So yeah, like, I did. I say you're cre- you're creating right. in the universe, Lindsay, the stand-up. <laughs> I think I think I'm jumping in too much, Lindsay. I want to sit yeah. back. I want to I want to sit back and I want to hear your story. So tell me about the first one. 
Okay, so to to make sure we're clear that the in, intent uh, was to uh, hopefully, you know, have the chemistry and continue into a sexual encounter in both of these instances. All right. Now, the first one, I do think he was 20. I think he was too young. Hmm. Um, I took a break to go to my car. We were sitting in the car in a parking lot to have a smoke. Wait, wait, and- wait, 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 wait. Is this okay, where yeah. the date took place? Was in the car, or was there like no, a well, dinner beforehand? It started. It, it, okay, so you typically want to meet somebody in a public place before you go to a private area, that be makes it sense. somebody's house or hotel room or whatever. I thought these so websites was, were all fake, by the way. <laughs> well, this this was just Craigslist. Okay. You know, I, th- I thought um, that was, men, I... men get fake replies. Women almost never get fake replies. I, I had I 30 replies in one hour. Oh, man. We got commercial coming. This is the is, worst time. Wait, we're going to bring it. You've got time to talk, right? Yeah. We're going to bring yeah. it back okay. for more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. Is it, is it, uh, is it too salacious to, to read your advertisement on the air just to see what people were responding to? What a smart man. Oh, I can <laughs> email it to you. I took it yeah. down after I Okay. Made yeah. A few do, days. do that if you so. would. We'll put you on hold. Come back with more of Lindsay and here in a moment. And more coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Garth. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Facebook profile is included. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com. Become a fan over there. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. And if you hate going back to the car to pick up those grocery bags, you'd prefer to make all one trip, try the Totasac. I've been using it at my house. Ian, you've got a, what, how many pair? Two pairs? One I, pair? I, just one that I know of. One pair of Tota Sacks and uh, I have two hands. You find it, find it as useful as I do, and maybe you could find it as useful as we do. Go to totasack.com. It's T O T A S A K.com and check it out. It's a neat little handle thing made of 100% recycled materials right here in the U.S., and it's great for all kinds of carrying tasks. Go to totasack.com. They carry more than you can, a lot more. All right, we're talking with Lindsay in New Hampshire. She is calling with an issue that I'm I'm so glad you called about this, Lindsay, because it's been way too long since we've gotten a good personal issue on this program. <laughs> and this one is well, particularly it's good talking to you guys. Uh, I, this is helping me. Good, so, good, yeah. good. I, I'm glad we're we can be of some assistance. Uh, now, of course, none of us have any kind of uh, psychological degrees or any. We're just guys, no, Jack. So yeah. Whatever. Well, exactly, and that's what I'm trying to get here is the right. male perspective. So. Okay, let me recap here briefly uh, for our listeners that might just be tuning in. You placed an ad on Craigslist essentially advertising that you were looking for sex, and then you got responses relatively quickly. Quite a few, from, as, as, yeah. as yeah. probably any woman who did that would. Right, from a lot of people, and uh, you made two dates. You set up one date and then a plan B and you were walked they they walked out on you on both of uh, on both of the occasions and more importantly and i think it's important to point out here that you uh you had video chats uh with these guys to sort of uh shore up their their uh, you know to to see, to see how serious they were with it and 
So, you know, it, it isn't a, a, an issue of them not knowing what you were going to look like, like a true blind date scenario where right. they, um, you know, they, they see you and they're like, ah, right. and you run off right, or anything like that. With a blind date, there's a third person. There's usually a middleman, oh. yes. you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't think a guy would just ditch you if they had to report back to their friend. Mm, right. Yeah, that's a good point uh, as well. So, now, did they did, did they ditch you with any any sort of monetary issues? Did they leave you with the dinner yeah. or something like that? Well, let me hold no, on. Wait, no, no. What, she didn't answer. No, we never got past the car. Okay, so let me ask you this: What is it that concerns you? Well, I would really love to know what if it was something that I did. You know, I mean, of course, that's the first thing a woman is going to have is self-doubt. I think I need to learn a little bit more about this world of NSA dating because this is a little bit different for me. No strings attached. Right. right. Yeah. Meaning you're just looking for sex. You're not looking to necessarily uh, cultivate a relationship with this person. True. Okay. So you meet the guy. Let's just talk about the first date here. Uh, You you meet the guy in a parking lot somewhere in Manchester, New Hampshire. Right. Yes. and how did and and how what did you how did you like how did he know which car to go to I mean how did that happen Yeah, I told him which car I was driving, and we figured out what area of the parking lot to meet in. Okay, and you have a cell phone number or something like that that we can make sure that the yeah. meeting happens. Okay, so yep. so he he climbs into your car. Nope, I actually well we rolled down the windows, chatted for a sec, said hey it's cold, you know hop in. Mm. He went you went into his car, he came into yours. Right. Which, wait, which one's right? You went into his car. Right. And then conversation started or, I mean, what, what, how do you yeah. get? F- well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Conversation. And, um, well, I was wearing some provocative clothing, you know, so there was that opening for, for some form of physical contact, you mm-hmm. know, like a, like a rapid date. Very rapid. And then what happened when, how did he get away? There was some sort of intermission. What 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 happened? Oh, it was about an hour. We were fooling around in the car. And then, you know, it was, I was getting tired. And I was like, I'm going to go to my car and have a smoke. Mm. Halfway through my cigarette, he rolls down his window and hands me my bag of stuff and says, here's your stuff. And drove away. Wow. So he didn't steal your I wallet know. or anything like that, did he? No. No, no he gave all my stuff back. So I left shit in there. You oh, know? we've got to let you go. Thank you oh, for sorry. the call. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. Sorry about that. You can't Ouch. say that on the radio. That's a shame. I really Such wanted to keep that conversation, conversation going. You know, um, I, I'm sure she's still but, listening. So he did leave in front of her. I mean, it's not like. It, it wasn't like they were at a, at a date at a restaurant. He bow, you know, bows out to go to the bathroom yeah. and then never comes back. Either this guy is very easily satisfied or who knows what was going on. I don't think mind. that he was done. He had second um, thoughts. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, here was, here was my only thought process that I could have left. Like what if he saw her and talked to her beforehand and then, you know, uh, this experience was going on. He kept up with it for whatever reason is, um, you know, like somehow he... You know, things weren't as he imagined at, at that point. When, Maybe you know, he'd the, never when done the rubber it hit the, it, It's possible. When the rubber hit the road, you know, things weren't as he imagined them. So um, I guess I, I um, you know, the couple of things that I come up with here were, you know, before I heard what, what she said about going to the car and smoking was, well, could she have bad breath? 
You know, I mean, that's just, it's a possibility, One right? of those things you just can't figure out online, right? Right. right. How yeah. would you know that? Because, um, I mean, if you hadn't been in front of him, maybe he was, you know, against smoking and, you know, knew that uh, kissing her would not be, you no, know, okay. I've got mm-hmm. the ad. Mm-hmm. She did forward me, as she said she would, the uh, the Craigslist ad. Uh, reply with pick and name a favorite condom brand in subject. Need to know. Sig friendly. So right there in the ad, uh-huh. uh, she does reveal that she is a cigarette smoker. Wow. Uh, yeah, um, I, you know, I'm just... It, I <laughs> trying to come up with things. I guess that at that point, I really just don't know that things weren't exactly as he, he imagined. Out. Yeah, as he yeah. imagined them yeah, to it be. Yeah, sounds like that. I, I can't really study this beyond you know, sort of looking at this from afar because this is something I didn't even know. Maybe people he didn't did feel right. Much. Maybe he didn't feel right going all the way. I mean, she did say they were I, fooling around for an hour in the car before she decided to go have a smoke yeah. of a cigarette. Yeah, I, I I feel it's it's sort of odd that he wouldn't mention something like, I mean, you know, just like, hey, you know what? I, that, that was thanks, but you know, I think I, I've got to go. I, I'm I'm out of time. Even making up an excuse. Oh, geez, I'm just out of time. I got to fly. You know, thanks a lot. Uh, whatever. You know, I mean, it looks like these are very fly-by-night things. So, well, well, I'll tell you what, we do have some guys that want to comment on this still, even though Lindsay isn't uh, isn't with us. Uh, let's continue and talk to uh, John. He's in New York. John, oh no, he's, he's gone. Excuse me, Ted in the woods on the amp line. Ted, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, y'all, man. One, it's too bad that she done said a bad word and yeah, had to get she kicked did. off. But one thing, uh, one one thing that you, I really wanted to ask her, and uh, I was hoping I'd get to, was. Is her dad following her around with a shotgun? <laughs> because uh, that has that has ended several of my dates right in the middle <laughs> on several occasions. It happens all the time. This seems like a and really I'm dangerous. Maybe this guy. I was going to yeah, say, this Ted, this, this, this seems like a really dangerous situation to be in for, for any female and even for some males. It is, uh, yeah. You know, even if you're going to meet someplace uh, at a hotel, you know, in the in the, in the the bar somewhere, you go up to get a hotel room. And, I mean, that that's that's some dangerous mojo, man. In a car? Uh, well, I don't know. You know, it's kind of funky. Yeah, yeah, I know. It does seem like a kind of a weird thing there. But I guess she was going to a well-lit place out in public. That's what you're supposed to do, right? <laughs> That's what it sounded like, yeah. So I'm not gonna... Yeah, but uh, I'm thinking this guy, he took off for a second, went to the bathroom. Her daddy was waiting in the bathroom with the shotgun. What? No, 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 the there was off. no bathroom. He didn't take off anywhere. What happened was she got out of her car, got back into, uh, got out of his car, got back into her car, smoked a cigarette. He handed her her stuff through the window and took off. Once again, we see the perils of cigarette smoking. <laughs> we don't even know that. Ted, any final comments maybe here? Maybe he saw, maybe he saw her picture on uh, like his best friend's um, dresser or something. Yeah, but then he wouldn't have gone. You see, they, see, they, oh, they yeah, he saw her picture first. Yeah, see, yeah. They, they connected. They I am. Oh, I thought they, you said it was a blind date. No, right, Ted, nice. you got to pay attention, man. Put down the alcohol. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. There's more coming up here. 800-259-9231. You know what we could do? We could go uh, extended edition and see if Lindsay wants to call back on the internet first, and then she there can curse go. up a storm. I can tell you people yeah. want to hear this. Yeah. I know. I know. All right. Well, hopefully Lindsay's still listening. Uh, we'll go We'll go into overtime tonight after the radio show's over on our internet streams here in a little bit. Also, still another segment left in the radio land world, so get in your thoughts for Lindsay. This 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free, even in these remaining moments, enough time for your call about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And tonight it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. Hey, don't forget to visit Gardner over on his website, libertyconspiracy.com. Guard has his own podcast full of all kinds of great liberty-oriented stuff. Uh, him and his conspirators put that together. You can go and become a conspirator at libertyconspiracy.com. Now, there is uh, free stuff on Guard's website, and there's also a, a support guard option as well. What do they call it? The cons- it's becoming a conspirator. Become a actually. conspirator. Yes, sir. So yeah. in order to become a conspirator, you do have to, uh, what, three bucks a month? Yeah, three oh, bucks, yeah. five bucks, seven bucks. Yeah, anything cool. you can spare. And then uh, we, we try to throw some perks out there, you know, some hidden stuff that only you guys will get. So, Easter eggs. Yeah. Okay, so head on over, and Lindsay does, uh, she has emailed to say she is still listening, so hopefully that means we can expect her to dial back in after we kick off the extended internet-only edition of the show after the radio show is done. In the meantime, you can call in about anything. Let's talk to Michael, listening in New Hampshire on free, uh, to Free Talk Live. Hello, Michael. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? What's on your mind? Well, uh, I've been listening to Free Talk Live for a while, and when you're doing the Saturday show, and you have all the... Um, you can feel like conservatives that aren't used to your show, and you can you can get them pretty easily to admit to their statism by bringing up the most extreme. Mark does it with the Nazi example, and I think it's a great example. But it's just there are so many examples in history that I feel that that example is just being used to over like or to death. You know what I'm saying? As far as just bringing up the not the execution of the Jewish people. What you're referring to is when a uh, when a caller will make the statement that the law is the law and we need to enforce the laws and it's bad to break the law that kind of thing and that you're saying yeah. that the Nazi is, is it's 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 cliche. Kinda. I mean, if it gets used tirelessly, and there are just so many other horrible examples. Give I'm me one of them. On uh, I'm just on Wikipedia. You can go on. You can find uh, articles written all about the. Thousands of people that have died under Stalin, uh, all the murders that were committed, uh, just they were trying to push out all of the political rivals. Well, um, um, I, I don't want to have to give a history lesson to these people. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I hesitate to say it, but, you know, some people don't have the, the historical acumen that others do. And, and I probably don't know all this stuff either. I've kind of specialized I don't know much in America, Stalin, yeah, American I don't know. history. Um so and and what I found is like uh, you know the Nazis are accessible in that they are in within sort of our lifetimes. Uh, there are people alive that were here when Hitler was doing his stuff. They are, and, you know, by and large the ethnicity that listens to this show is white. So they're accessible in a sense that they um you know they they are white and so they they sort of you know the Western culture thing. Um, they're accessible in so many ways that so many of the other stories that people would know are not accessible. If yep. I give them an example from Alexander the Great, you know, it, it's not accessible to them because it's so far away. Right, and and I think a lot of people know the story of Anne Frank, for instance, and they're familiar with the the fact that many uh, Jews were hidden by good right. Germans that if you broke say, the law. If you use the Japanese Americans, they'll start defending that. It was wartime. We had to do it. I don't want to get into trying to explain the issue as to why it made sense and why it didn't what i want to do and what i was i have been successful on many occasions doing is getting them to say that either it's okay to break the law or that the they you had to execute the jews because it was the law and in both cases they seem they seem to fall into it i agree it's cliche and i also agree there's this stupid meme on the internet that says well the first person that mentions the nazis loses um you know just because that's a very powerful example 
And it's very easy to get really hardcore status to say, yeah, I was the law. And if you don't like it, then you need to leave the profession or whatever yeah. excuse you come up for murder. So. so anything else you want to share tonight, Michael? Yes, just one thing. Sure. Uh, when I was at the restaurant uh, this evening, uh, you guys have heard of the uh, women that were arrested for kidnapping the children in Haiti? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, from Idaho, the the um, the, the missionary, mer- missionary group. Wait, yeah. but they didn't kidnap yeah. them, right? They were attempting. No, they've been a tra- well, they were, accused they of trafficking. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, I just thought there's something interesting. Uh, the media cameras were able to get into the jail and get interviews with all these women. When Big Mike was in jail for two weeks, we couldn't get a word into him. Excellent. They were returning all of the letters, and they wouldn't let us see him. So is that really the level of freedom? You know, it, just, it was a stark contrast. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're talking about a Haitian, yeah. is this a Haitian, a Haitian jail you're talking about, right? Yes, that's what I'm saying, is that in America, <laughs> if you want, if you, they can make it to where you'll never see your friend again. In Haiti, they'll let the media go in there. Yeah, that's an interesting. You know, yeah, that is a very uh, striking contrast in that everybody seems to think that America is so great uh, and so humane. I love the only thing that we've heard about the Haitian government doing anything in the last month is locking up uh, nine missionaries from Idaho. What a bunch of stinking bastards! Yeah. I mean, these, hey, they're just keeping you safe, Mark. They're, they're, it's just disgusting. Doing their jobs. Um, and, and and you know, like obviously, these people from Idaho wanted to take these kids back there and turn them into human slaves. No, these uh, they bureaucrats. They their parents, didn't they? Uh, I don't know what they didn't had. Didn't their parents say, "Take our kids, get them out of here"? Uh, these bureaucrats wanted to lock these people up. Why? Because they didn't get payoffs. That's why. That's exactly. And, it. The, and the Obama administration is supporting it. It's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Boy, it, it gets your blood boiling when you think about these people tr- going out there doing this, uh, trying to take all their time, spending their own money trying to help people yeah. out, and then they get screwed over this way. It's really angry. But that distinction is amazing, and they don't even have a constitution that protects the <laughs> yeah. right of journalism. Huh. Oh, wait, didn't, no. wait a minute. Wait a minute. Didn't we have uh, a guy call this weekend say that you could just leave any old time you wanted to these countries? He said that you're not a slave. <laughs> He said, you're not yeah. a slave. You can leave anytime you want to and go somewhere else. Well, that's not true. Not if you're under 18, right? Apparently not that's if you're right. under 18 and not if you haven't filled out the appropriate government permission slip to get you, you know, to be able to leave. It's just leaving one farm to another. That's, that's all, all it is. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank yeah. you, Michael. I appreciate the call tonight. 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. And that's a very interesting point he made about uh, the difference in treatment at a Haitian prison uh, versus the difference in treatment up here. Of course, there is a lot of media down in Haiti right now, and that may have, uh, you know, that may be a factor. It, I mean, I'm just speculating. I don't know a whole lot about this, but there are a lot of different media organizations down there. Maybe they felt pressure from them in order to bend the rules a little to to let them in to see uh, to see these folks. Whereas yeah. when they had our friend Big Mike in prison here in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, one of the activists for allegedly assaulting or what he did was brush up against a police officer accidentally, but they put him in jail for it, and they weren't letting him use the phone for a couple of weeks. They wouldn't let him t- uh, take mail in. They certainly wouldn't let any of us see him. They wouldn't even tell us when his visiting hours were. It was just a, a total shutdown. But then again, we didn't have major media on our side agitating to get into the prison to see this guy. So would that have changed the way it played out? I don't know. Nonetheless, a contrast worth pointing out. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. 
Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. All right, so you can bring up absolutely anything. Now, coming up here, um, oh, well, tell me about gold, Mark, before we Well, if, if you've else. been thinking about getting gold and silver, uh, go to gold.freetalklive.com. Check out our, our rates there. I've picked uh, some hand-picked coins that I think are good choices for sort of people that don't want to do actual coin collecting. They just want the the, the, the value of the silver and the gold. And I, you can go see them at gold.freetalklive.com. All right, so uh, so there's a ludicrous story in the news. Just a quickie here before we go on to the extended uh, internet edition of the show. A 12-year-old, which you can hear at freetalklive.com. Yes, that's right. Uh, a 12-year-old girl has been arrested in New York for drawing on her marker with what is or drawing on her desk with yeah. a marker, which apparently was an erasable marker, from what I understand. Yeah, she was 12. They took her away in handcuffs. Now. They, uh, there was a follow-up story on that that said that she was uh, throwing up as a result of the trauma from being arrested, and and I don't blame her. It's it's a, it'll shake you up, especially I imagine at age 12, especially it happening in front of all your friends uh, in a, in a situation like that. But wow, does that seem yeah. like an overreaction to you? Is this the way that these people solve problems? And do we need them solving our problems if this is the way they're going to solve problems? It, I mean, when I was in school. And people did this. What they did was if you carved into the desk, well, they would threaten to have you, uh, um, you know, pay for the, the replacement of the de- your parents or you re- pay for the replacement of the desk or mm-hmm. whatever. I have never I never saw that happen. Or if you drew on the desk, this certainly happened where kids would have to wash them after school or something like that. Yeah. I mean, what's the what is the point of this? Well, the thing that gets me is that so many people are being critical of this, but they don't take that next step. You know, uh, Theodore Sturgeon used to say, and F. Paul Wilson picks it up uh, from that point, ask the next question, which is, okay, uh, they did something really stupid, so what are you going to do, complain about those people who are in charge of the system? How about actually look at the system like an engineer would look and say there's something wrong if it leads to this end, end result? It, it something doesn't inherently matter. wrong with the system. Inherently yeah. wrong with the system, and it is that you, even if you are upset about this happening, it will happen again elsewhere because it's government-run. There's no addressability. There's no profit motive. There's no nope. loss of jobs. And it doesn't seem to be getting better. It just seems to be getting more draconian and, and worse over time. And they're like prisons, almost, yeah. the government schools. All right, so radio listeners, thanks for being here. We'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same place. Internet listeners, stick around. We've got more extended edition, internet-only edition, coming up here in moments. This is Free Talk Live, extended internet-only edition. The phone lines are open for you. And they are 603-722-0267. That's 603-722-0267. Also, the amp lines are available for Free Talk Live amplifiers. Carter Goldsmith still here with us. Diggity-doo, baby. Mark is still here as well. Diggity-doo, baby. And there's a call coming in. Uh, we are, of course, internet only here. No FCC, which means that... Uh, is this Lindsay? Hi. Hey, Lindsay. Yeah. You're back. So sorry, we we had to enforce our, our know, rules I'm on you. It, it does not make me feel good to do to you do know, that, I, especially to a lady I, listener. Oh, it's okay. Now we we had that rule prior to again. That's all. <laughs> we had the, the that rule prior to the the dump button, and I'm just wondering if if we want to uh, to amend that rule. I think that you know that that opportunity exists. I I don't know because I don't know either because well. No, I think it's still fine to have that. All right, whatever. 
because we don't want people to think they can get so away with am doing I allowed once. to swear now though? you can swear oh, yeah. absolutely oh, yeah. <laughs> so let's pick up where we left off i think all of our listeners that are going to be listening to this know what we did a few minutes ago what the conversation was so we don't probably don't have to recap at this point because we don't have anybody just tuning in most likely uh, unless you just mm-hmm. happen to be tuning into our internet feed right now in which case Lindsay went on a date uh blind, wasn't blind she met the guy in uh, in advance online as far as pictures and video and yep. uh, chatting and then he it was um, a craigslist uh, sex only date kind of thing Right. Uh, and you guys met in a parking lot. You got in his car. You fooled around for an hour. You got out to smoke a cigarette in your car. He hands you your stuff and takes off. That's it. And your question is, why would something like this happen? Uh, and that's yeah, kind of what and, we're... And I'm coming up with all sorts of reasons in my head. You know, did I smell? Was it the outfit? You know, because everything seemed to be going fine. Mm. And did, did you bathe beforehand? Yes. Okay, then it, yes. smelling seems to have been ruled out, right? And he seemed turned on while you were so. in the car. He seemed like he was uh, pretty randy. Uh, definitely hard on there. Okay, okay. that's a good question yeah. to ask and find that out. Okay, uh-huh. so, so good question. So now, uh, okay, quick, here's now that we're on uh, online, we can get uh, a little more explicit. Uh, so he was. So you got him <laughs> okay, hard so down there. I had there. a scenario. Um, you can't possibly Wait, did, have anything. Did he worth get off? About. Did he get off before you okay, went out to smoke question. the cigarette? No. He did Okay. Okay. Because that's no, an important question. Yeah. He, war- he warned me in advance that he lasts a long time. So I, I didn't really expect him to come quickly. Okay. okay. And 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 how much did you have out uh, inside that car? Were you planning on doing it all in the car or were you going to go someplace else? I, I don't really know it's the context here. Yeah. Well, at one at one point there, I did. Well, at first we started just you know in his car, and then I was like, I'm gonna go grab my bag of stuff, you know, and I brought my bag of stuff in. Man, you've got stuff. Uh, but but did that mean she like, has stuff? Like you, you, you got to come prepared. Did you, did that mean that you you <laughs> already had him in the car? You already had him out per se. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. and when you right. say you're she was using grab stuff your, on him, Gardner. Yes, you're gonna grab oh, your right. stuff. Did that okay. mean that you were gonna move on someplace else, or was it gonna happen in the car? Then? No, no, she's got stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah so so it was out. Yeah, but I, I, I just we don't even I have just, to talk like that. No, no, so I you just, had his cock you know, in your hand. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just wondering where. Okay, I'm just wondering where. Is it flavored lube? Is it Lindsay? No. Is it flavored lube? <laughs> no, no, okay. no glycerin. So when glycerin. you went to go get your stuff out of the car, that was to facilitate more action. Yes. Okay. And that and and it did. And I was yeah, I came back in that time. <laughs> and then she went for a cigarette, you know, like, a, you know, this is, this is a little too much action. So she went for a, a cigarette break and he was just kind of done with that. And maybe maybe he was insulted by the cigarette break. You know, like it's oh, well, you can take oh. some. Uh, That's a possibility. Yeah, very now, good point. I'd like to, I don't know. See, I don't know. I don't know either. Well, let's move on before we continue. I'd like to hear some of her right. conjectures as to the reason, well, too. Wait, 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 let's get to the second story uh, because it was yeah, a second it happened all over again. Right. So, okay. So you had a plan B at the point that the guy bails on you. Did you try calling him? Uh, he didn't answer. I mean, what happened no. as soon as he went away? No. When he Something drove off, he waved and I waved and that was it. Was There's he mean about say. it? Was he mean about it? I mean, when he left? No. No. Okay. No. Just like, hey, he's here's like, your stuff. I'm out of here. Yeah. He's, he's like 20. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think he did get he was either not interested or overwhelmed. I'm not sure which. Yeah, yeah. I see. I How know. could he have been overwhelmed? Some of the well, stuff? 
I'm pretty sexy, Mark. I, you could have pulled out a, a gas-powered strap-on, as far as I know. I, I, yeah, I just you never know to find what out. you could be into. All right, all right, all right. I don't know what was in the bag, either. Right, I don't. That's what but I want to know. <laughs> Let's move on to the second guy. I want to know what the other story was, okay. because it happened uh-huh. to you twice in the same day. You said you had it a plan sure B did. lined up. So was the guy, the plan B, You did you have to like the call him B. to start that, or was he already planning yeah. on showing up somewhere? Nope, we didn't have solid plans. I kind of left things in the air um, mm-hmm. when I took off for Manchester at like 1 or one thirty. This ended up taking me, I got home at 8.30. So you got back it's into, you got back in touch with the second guy and set something up after the first one fell through. Yes, and right. Kevin actually helped with that. That's okay. your husband. Right on. Right. Got okay. it. Yeah. Right. Because I needed some stuff from the computer to be able to contact the second guy so that took i love that he helps that in that scenario it's it is it's wonderful all right so So. you contacted this other guy you're still sitting in the parking lot (laughs) hi mark hi probably all riled up (laughs) you're still sitting in the parking lot you're all riled up you were ready to go you call this other guy up and do you have a meet him meet you in the same parking lot no, I had to go to Toys R Us that time. Toys R Us? Well, you know what they've got there. They got irony. That's the place that he knew in Manchester because he has a child. Okay. One of those questions I didn't ask in advance. So, what do you mean? Were you going to jump, you know? jump his bones in the Toys R Us the parking toy? lot? Yeah, I'm going to be. Re- what? I do believe now, in retrospect, I do believe that was his intention was just a quickie. In the but Toys R Us, he, I'm going to think twice when I go shopping over there now. By the way. What are you going shopping right. at? Well, we ended up moving over to the Staples parking lot because he yeah. couldn't get reception. <laughs> he couldn't get reception on his cell phone. Yeah. Well, you want to be right. able to listen. While, you know. he, this this is the guy that was text messaging with his son and with his uh, son's mother like throughout the entire like pre-date <laughs> car chat time. Ah, okay, right? okay, okay, He's, okay. Like, totally distracted that the whole makes time. Sense. So, so yeah. he gets into your car. You... He gets into your car at Toys R Us. Wait, he got into yours or you got into his this time? I got into his. It was a cute little blue sports car. You got into his sports yeah. car. You yeah. can't do it in a sports car. He's on his cell phone exactly. the entire time. Said. You're unless, trying to chat with him. Unless you have a bag full of stuff, then you might be able to pull it off. You're trying to <laughs> chat with this guy to chat him up before the you know the action starts. Right. And he's just not even interested in, in you. He's just talking to other people. Yes, well, he is slightly interested. We, um, you know, a little fooling around, but yeah, he pretty much. And then he says that he needs to go pick his son up and drop him off somewhere else. Okay, wait, wait, wait. And now, was that after you'd already gone over to the Staples parking lot? Yes, we were sitting in the Staples parking lot. So there's a little fooling around. What, what are we talking about here? Hand job yeah. or what? Um, no, he was. Just touching me, basically. Gotcha. And then eventually he got his penis out of his pants, Mark. Yes, and was massaging that. He was um, he was massaging it. His yeah. Okay. You know, a little exchange there. Now is he massaging play. with one hand and texting to his uh, his son on the other? <laughs> no, no, it was freaking hilarious. He couldn't do both. Ah, he could okay. not think yeah. about his family and have a heart on. It kept. Going this, up and down. That's something technology How old was this one, answer. by the way? How old was this one? I'm not sure. Now that I'm thinking early 30s. Okay. Mm. I don't remember. This guy has a wife. real... Uh, he has a wife, though. Uh, uh, you think he has yeah, a wife? Wait, was, d- didn't no. you say he had a wife? He's got a baby, oh, baby mama. The, wa- the mother be. of his son, you said. 
Oh, that could be. So he was yes. feeling some second thoughts yes, there I'm, or something. I no, have I think no he was... idea what that relationship was, but you're right. He could have been trying to hide me from her. Yeah. Because what ended up happening is he was promise, promising me all this fucking he was going to do, right? As In his little sports car. Yeah. Okay. Right? And like, ooh, I wish we could just do it here. And I'm like, oops, condoms are in the element across the parking lot, you know? Ain't going to mm. happen. So yeah, he, the element seems like a much better place to go for this kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, in the oh, yeah, having an element, I know that it, the, the seats fold, fold down into a really uncomfortable bed. But it, it, it would better make, than the sports it car. It would make for a nice little portable playroom, but yeah. it's really not set up for that. It does. It has a little right attachments. Uh, you, you know, like spray it out too, where, where, where you can tie. <laughs> yeah, it has tie down. The dealership has special things for that. Straps. Yeah. Okay, so you're in the Staples parking lot in heaven. You're fooling around a little bit and then he says he has to go pick his son up yeah wait now this was yeah. uh, he said he had to pick the son up after you determined you couldn't have sex because you didn't have the condoms with you what i'm a little confused with the timetable it seems like yeah me too there was a lot of back and forth with the with the bantering and and calling back and oh calling and it's busy oh, okay well call me back you know mm-hmm. like i think his son was like playing video games and not really paying attention to his dad even yeah. though he was the one that needed a ride. It sounds He's to me 13. like you got caught up in some uh, circumstances there where uh, either the guy, the time wasn't working or you just didn't hit the right emotional tenor. Well, I still don't have the full story to, card. Hang yeah. on. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. It ha- it's not over. He ended up coming, oh. right? And he guarantees me that this will be good so then he can last a long time when we do, you know, get right. together. And says he'd be back in 45 minutes. Oh. Huh. Well, that's I, to, the, to me that seems clear. You got um, if you, if got you don't stepped. have a uh, yeah if you don't have an org- as as the woman if you don't have the orgasm first you're not going to get one. Um, and ladies, that's yeah. just by and large the rule. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I'm sorry you delivered, but you gave him the uh, the, the milk before, so he didn't have to buy the cow, as it were. <laughs> um, so that well, one's it, easy. With a random stranger, that's sort of expected. You know, you can meet particular people that have different stamina there. I, I I don't know. I can I can tell you that I like the there idea of having sex with with people um, that I see, but I, I I know that if I'm not uh, if I haven't had a few alcoholic beverages in me, I've, I've you know these one night stand things have never worked for me. So then he takes one off day stands and never comes back. Did you stay, sit and wait the 45? How long did you sit and wait for him? Yeah, well I went to um, grab a bite to eat and use the restroom, and then I went over to CVS and did a little shopping and came back. So I, I waited there from like 6.45 to 7.15. Yeah. And by that time, I knew that he hadn't text text messaged me or mm-hmm. called me or anything, that he wasn't coming back. Yeah, this guy. Did he say I, thank I, you at I least? I didn't want to believe it. Did, I didn't want to believe that could happen twice. Did he at least say thank you well, before he left? No. What a jackass. These um, these two scenarios yeah. are separate scenarios that should not be lumped together, even no, though they happen on the not. same day, Lindsay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the the first guy, I don't know what his deal was. Um, I, you know, I, I, like you, think he got cold feet for whatever reason, and I'm not sure what that is. Or maybe the yeah. cigarette was an insult. I thought that was an interesting insight. I, I give that guy yeah. a little more slack than the second guy. Yeah, the second guy just got his and left and, and was, you know, he, he might have been yeah, hoping. Yeah, very clever in, in retrospect. He was very clever. He might have yeah. been hoping in some way or another to, to come back, like imagining that so, but then it just doesn't seem as important at that point. I can tell you that right. my partner's orgasm is not very important to me once I've had mine. 
but for how long? What do you mean? Like, like, oh, the next day maybe I can. Are you horny the next morning? Are you horny again an hour later? It well, it it it, it builds, uh, you know, from the next day. I would say. And it's different for every guy too. I mean, right? That's what I'm saying. I'm just glad you didn't get beat. These are isolated incidents. No, I know. There's so many other safety issues related with it. I mean, besides condoms, that's challenge number one. You know, and then there's the issue of, you know, random freaky people that want to do bad things. But Point of information, Lindsay. Is this the first time you've gone and done this? No. doesn't seem like it. No, I've... Probably met four or five different guys before this. All in New Hampshire or prior to moving? Is this the first time in New Hampshire? Yeah, yeah, just since moving here. Do you carry a firearm when you're doing it? I don't. It might be a good idea or something. Like, I was thinking Mace, but if he's driving, I wouldn't want to, like, Mace him or shoot him, you know, if he's driving. I don't know. It's a better, I'll tell you, it's a better option than letting him. clean out the car. Yeah. Guys, do you have but any? Yeah, there's tons of safety issues. So, so two, so you're 0 for two so far in New Hampshire. But the the other ones well, you've done today, no, I've had I've had success with other guys before today. But sure. not in New Hampshire. Yeah. Right, so you had them in elsewhere. But this, these, it's still an irrelevant fact. What difference does that make? I'm just curious. Maybe the New Hampshire guys are. Uh, well, what? I don't. That well, that's what sense. I'm thinking. The Manchester. Were they guys both white? The assholes. Were they both white? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, then we In can Manchester, draw that conclusion, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what else to tell you, Lindsay. I mean, I, I mean, we've given yeah. you some ideas here, something to, to chew over. What does Kevin say? I mean, what is it? what are his insights as uh, yeah. the man that knows oh, you best? Yeah, yeah he's, he hasn't really speculated on them. He's more concerned about how I was feeling about everything. Yeah. Hmm. Well, so, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about your feelings. I, I, am, I am concerned about your feelings on this, and, and yeah. I have to okay. say that, you know, like for one, I, I don't support the activity. I think it's dangerous, and I worry about you. But secondly, I, I also think these are, these are isolated incidents that you can't assign any kind of meaning to them other than the meaning for those particular people. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, it doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean anything about men. It doesn't mean anything about people from New Hampshire. It doesn't mean anything about white people. It only means that this one guy got off and it wasn't that it, – it, it could mean that, right? Like It could mean that he got off and it wasn't that important to him after that. It could mean something else. But it means something about that guy and the other guy. Yeah. 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 Everybody's psychology and circumstances are different, obviously. So, you know, uh, you, you yeah. clearly – you know, I agree with Mark. You know, this is not a behavior that uh, I would uh, condone or, or, or get into. You but could it, ask, yeah. right? I mean, you could, if you still have their contact info, you could shoot them an yeah. email and say, hey, you know, you don't owe me this, but what happened? Yeah. Yep. I did. I haven't gotten haven't any replied. replies yet yeah. tonight. Yeah, if that's Probably the case, it's, yeah, it's time to get, yeah. yeah, you can let it go past you. The water's under the bridge. And, yeah. you know, but as you I, said, I you had say, 30 bites on your uh, your advertising. Oh, yeah, you're so not going to have any problems. You want to do it again, I'm sure it won't be hard. Or it will be hard. What what was the criteria on which you picked out these guys? Oh, it was a number of different things. The pictures were semi-important. I would imagine. Um, uh, Their ability to host. You know, both of them said that they'd be able to host. What? To host, meaning they uh, allow her into her car or their car? Is that what you mean by host? House. Oh, so this was intended to go to a house. I would have preferred. Yeah, it just didn't yeah. work out that way. Hmm. No, twice. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a smart move. You definitely friends. don't want them knowing where you right. live. Right. Yeah. Yep. And and Kevin and I have a thing where I email him um, the license plate number or address or wherever I end up being. It's a good Safety thing. code, we call it. So. That's a good idea. Yeah. 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 Okay. So so they had to be able to host you. You were looking at their pictures. Was there any other factors? It's hard to say. You Meaning know, she doesn't email. want to. <laughs> well, cats. Okay. I'll that's fine. Say. No, you don't so have to. It's personal. If they have. No, I don't mind. So if they have similar interests in the same particular fetishes that I have an interest in. Gas-powered strap-ons. <laughs> See, I told you. It's all about that two-stroke gas-powered strap-on. Gas-powered <laughs> 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 You know what? There's a call here. I, I'm presuming it's for you, so I'm going to just bring whoever this is on. Uh, it's the Toys R Us manager. Someone else uh, is on the line here. Hello. Hello. Uh, this is Stephanie, New Hampshire. Stephanie, you're on with Lindsay. Hey. Hi, Lindsay. Um, <laughs> I was just calling because I was listening to your story. And um, first of all, I have to say, like anyone who's listening, Lindsay is awesome. And I can I have a hard time believing that uh, that anyone would like stand you up, Lindsay, or or leave you or anything like that. I like the description, um, Stephanie. Ste- Stephanie, Lindsay is awesome. Lindsay may be awesome, but so men awesome. are dogs. Well, That's right. I, I can tell you that uh, I would be uh, you know using Lindsay as the butt of more jokes if it wasn't for the fact that. She is really awesome. So, um, you know, yeah, I agree. Yeah, we we all agree that she is awesome. So, <laughs> there's no disagreement there. Um, but what I was going to say, Lindsay, is like I I heard the story about the first guy, and to me, it sounded like like you said he was kind of young. Um, sometimes young guys have trouble communicating that you know they're not into it or they have no chemistry with you or for whatever reason they just they're just not feeling it. And maybe that's what happened. You know, like sometimes when you meet someone on the internet. Like, you don't have that in-person connection, so you can't really tell if you have any chemistry with them. You know what I'm saying? I I do, totally. Like, you don't know the sound of their voice. You don't know what they smell like or the demeanor. It's pretty Yeah, exactly, and that stuff is so important. And so maybe he just, you know, he thought you were cute from your picture, but then he met you and he, like, wasn't feeling it for whatever reason. And, like, that's nothing to do with you. That's his problem. So uh, maybe he did you a favor. (laughs) Now, Stephanie, yeah, before totally. you go... Well, it gave me the opportunity to meet the other guy, and I was actually pretty excited. Now, <laughs> what, what, what kind of fetishes are these, Lindsay? You dog. Um, what? I don't know. Sort of a... <laughs> I think miss... I might have an idea. <laughs> I don't. Completely clueless. Um, do you know the terms dom and sub, Mark? I, I think, I, yes, this is an S&M situation. Yeah, it's that right. restaurant, Subway, well, $5 foot long. Dom and, <laughs> dom and sub is separate than S&M, which is... You know, status and masochism. masochism. Okay. There's, there's a distinction. You might be confusing S and M with BDSM, Mark. Uh, right. Yeah. What? B. All right. Get the. Uh, let's get the acronyms out there. What, what bondage. Is, uh, bondage. BDSM is a, a compound acronym, and it's um, bondage slash discipline, domination slash submission, and sadism slash masochism. Exactly. Now they don't all have to go together. Uh, no, not necessarily, no. but uh, right. I guess people sort of lump them into the same category. So, but you're exactly. talking about dom and sub, which is domination and submission. 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 And dominance and submission. That's what happens when you vote, right, ladies? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got it. We got it all figured out. Thanks. That's not, except BDSM is voluntary and voting is not. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you're forced to 
submit. <laughs> Which side of the bullwhip do you like to be on, Lindsay? <laughs> um, the receiving end. You like a good bullwhipping. This is making That's for right. very good content, by the way. People are going to search out this audio. They're they're going to look for this. <laughs> Stephanie, you you got yeah. any preferences with the bullwhip? Oh, I like to be on both sides. It just depends on the partner. Good lord. So, any other comments, Stephanie, for uh, Lindsay with the second guy? You did comment on the first one, but not so much the second. Well, I don't know. This the first guy. Yeah, like I kind of agree with what you guys are saying. That you know, he's young, he's inexperienced. Like maybe he gets a little bit of a pass, but he's still a douchebag because he should have communicated better the reason why he was leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second guy, uh, yeah, seemed a little bit selfish, and it's. If, Lindsay, you met him in the context of, like, hey, I'm looking for a, a BDSM-type encounter, maybe he was conflating no, that with no, being actually, a jerk. He, he wasn't really. He wasn't. Okay. We didn't discuss that very much at all. Like okay. Said, he well, then he doesn't B. have any excuse. Entirely, <laughs> yeah. So you were not planning on doing a Dom sub with the second guy? You just wanted to get off? Is that the idea? Basically, by that point, yeah. yeah. Sure. It was getting yeah. late. Yep, she she spent an hour in the half of the. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Lynn. The other thing I wanted to to mention was that um, sometimes people, when they meet, uh, you know, people to go out with on the internet, especially when you're in the position as a woman of being sort of the hot commodity and you have tons of guys to to pick from, is like you can ask for references. You know, if you're going to meet a guy, you can you can say like, hey, I want to. You know, talk to some of your other play partners and let you know have them let me know that you're safe and you're not a psycho and you're uh, good giving a game and whatever. Yeah, and that brings up how can you tell if people are quote real on Craigslist? Even emails. Mm. You know, I have three or four email accounts. It'd be mm-hmm. super easy for me to be, you know, mm. Susie May. Well, the webcam is a pretty real thing, right? I mean, if you're on a webcam, then that's hard to figure. Well, yeah, it's live. I mean, even as far as references, if somebody wanted to, they could easily make up emails. You know, it's well, like, I, think, yeah. I think being a woman Several who is looking for a guy, reality. I think you're probably in a better position than, uh, for instance, like a guy yeah. who's looking for a woman. Because, I don't know, it, from what I've heard, it's a lot more common for guys to pretend to be women than it is for, you know, someone to fake and try to meet a woman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of yeah. sense, especially hearing hearing you ladies talking about it. Now, Stephanie, hearing what she's, you know, who knows from your experience and so on, but hearing what Lindsay's gone through here, um, I don't know how much of that you're familiar with and, and so on and so forth, but um, it, it would seem to me that if you're a woman who's who's entering into this sort of a situation, you got to have a backup here. you got to have somebody who's who's backing you up because otherwise you're in, you're in a hell of a lot of danger. Yeah, yeah no, I think like it, it never really hurts to uh, to have some kind of a means of self defense, like you like you were saying. But I mean, if you if you're careful about searching out uh, and checking out the people that you're meeting, like you probably shouldn't have to feel like, oh, hey, am I going to need to use this gun in my pocket? Or I, I mean, yeah. you know, like one thing is asking for references, talking to the person on multiple occasions, seeing them by video, yeah, yeah. chatting with them. Yeah, which right. it sounds like you did, yeah, and, Lindsay. And today, you did all that I stuff. I was particularly rushed today. I mean, it did take me two hours to go through all the emails, you know. Mm-hmm. You yeah, did all so, this yeah. in one day, I, Lindsay. You did. Yeah. Right, right. Typically, <laughs> that's not typically how I uh, go about things, but I was 
She's a hot commodity. Yeah. A girl goes on Craigslist and posts that she's interested in in looking for casual sex, and she gets 30 responses in an hour. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Now, Lindsay. You know, that's 30 separate people, like not even counting the ones that I actually replied with, and there was multiple (laughs) conversations. And then some of them switched to instant messenger. So, like, there was a different name associated with an email string, you know? It was Mm -hmm. was really... Hey it Stephanie, was uh, stressful. It was stressful you, you, going through you, all of those. <laughs> you've got good advice, Stephanie, and I happen to know you have your own yeah. uh, advice yeah. podcast. What is it? Oh, thanks for the plug. It's uh, Pork Therapy with a C. P O R C Therapy dot com. So you and actually uh, Mike Barsky, I believe, are the uh, the hosts of that show. Yep, that's right. Pork um, therapy actually, is it yeah, once a week? I was thinking maybe we could do a show about something like this. Here you uh, go. If you ever wanted to come on and talk about it. Yeah, about what being well being ditched is why I called, but yeah. There's oh well, I mean of, this whole this whole experience and maybe just like internet dating in general because I think that's really a relevant topic. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is. Yeah. So people can well, go to I'd porktherapy to dot com to get more of uh, Stephanie and her advice, and you guys take <laughs> emails and stuff like that, right? Like uh, we sure do. You can questions. if you have questions, you can email us at uh, questions at porktherapy dot com, and that's uh, pork therapy with a C. No, no question too bizarre. But we still like them here on this show. We still like the the uh, the personal issues here because this was this has been great, Lindsay. Uh, thank you, for Lindsay. I want to know more about this. this Dom sub stuff. Okay? Why don't you email her okay. about it? Well, because people want to know. People want to know. I think you want to know. I, I do. I don't know everything about this. Okay, so I made Are some. Are going to deny an opportunity to talk about BDSM to someone who's curious about it? Go ahead, Mark. It's all you. Okay, so I made some jokes about the bullwhip and stuff, but does it? it you, you have a bag of stuff. What? Okay. What, what is the um, for you? What is this dom sub? Um, you know, sub genre of sex that you, that you you prefer? Uh, what does that uh, look like? Well, I I prefer restraints, so that was that would be bondage. Yeah. Um, you like to get tied up. Yeah, there's different degrees of that for sure. There's light bondage, um, you know, just maybe ar- arms behind your back, maybe an ankle thing, not too tight, mm-hmm. handcuffs, that sort of thing. Um, but then you can go all the way into, like, all-out rope artistic bondage and suspension bondage. Yeah, I've seen women all tied up before and uh, hanging from the ceiling and stuff on the inter- interwebs. Right. Um, there are some amazing things that people do with rope bondage, yeah, like just to take photographs of it, and I'm sure do other things, but, uh, but some of them are really beautiful. Beautiful rope bondage. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it's the, the Japanese knot, knot work. Right. You like one yeah. of them ball gags that, they, uh, that they've that they got out there? Yeah, sometimes, but that's um, not really recommended when you're first starting out with a play partner because mm-hmm. you need to communicate. Right. So yeah, we don't. Have to be able to we don't get into the gags much. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, it's like advanced. So, so I mean, you need a partner that has at least some room that the, that one can do this. I mean, do you? I guess you need tie downs or something. I mean, what bed posts? What do you use? Oh, not. Oh, no, no, not necessarily. You can do a lot with a piece of ribbon if you try. I, I guess I could. You could. I think <laughs> you might. <laughs> um. <laughs> But, yeah, you can get quite creative, just, you know, scarves, um, socks, nylons. That's pretty popular as restraints and as gags. 
Now, um, besides the, no, the, the, the General Craig, Kink. General yeah. Kink. Yeah. Uh, besides Craigslist, have you ever uh, attempted to um, uh, solicit some guy sort of IRL in real life? Um, I mean, you know, just say, hey, you like ball gags and ribbons? Or what? Um, no, the only uh, place that I've been where I've discussed it, um, it would be the munch, um, the munch last month. They, maybe they don't know what a munch is. We should, we should explain. Don't. No. You, you want to tell them, Stephanie? Sure. It's, um, a munch is basically a meetup uh, in a non-sexual uh, public context for With... people who are interested in some kind of kink, maybe BDSM or maybe uh, sometimes they have them for, like, polyamorous people and, you know, just, just kind of to meet other people that could be potential partners or play partners or whatever. It's a sing- in- like a singles mixer. Uh, yeah, basically. But the thing, you know, the whole point of it is that it's in a completely vanilla or, you know, <laughs> non-sexual kind of uh, context. And so people don't need to feel, mm, I don't know, pressure uh, when they go there. They can just kind of meet and mingle and there's no, um, you know, there's no organized um, play at the event or... You can leave if you work. want to. You're not... You're not tied down to anybody per se wink wink yeah yeah and and of course it's all really in favor of the character uh from homicide and uh, other nbc shows played by that uh, comedian munch so there you go no idea what you're talking about yeah now um the now you were saying that this is dom and sub which was distinguished between um uh, s&m would be sadist and masochist so um there's uh, what there's there has to be bondage in there's bondage in one there's not bondage in the other i'm i'm, I'm confused oh, no no not necessarily bondage can be in either or both i mean relationships are very complex and it is a relationship <laughs> that you build between the partners are you giggling stephanie i <laughs> I disagree. Relationships are very complex, and I thought it was cute how you said that. <laughs> so there are people out there that like getting tied up, but they don't want to get uh, bull whipped, right? I mean, that's the, that's what True. you're t- telling me. True, and there's there's physical um, bull whipping, if you will, but there's mm-hmm. also um, just emotional uh, dominance that a lot of couples will get into. Like um, one woman that we met at the munch kept talking about how hoping that sir would let her go use the restroom and will sir let her have dessert. <laughs> Did she have like you know, a leash on? Extreme no example. <laughs> well, I'm, exactly. There's there's such a wide variety. Did of, she have a leash on? I've heard about this kind of no, stuff. No, nothing oh. at all. Just uh, she, she gets it's to get... It's purely mental. It's like homeroom. <laughs> <laughs> Ask if you could go use the bathroom and stuff. It's great. <laughs> You know, people listening to this are going to, especially uh, people listening to this are going to say, I got to get to the free state. Right. So now I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, to, to get to. I hope they do say that, Guard. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to delve into We're this. We're all very open-minded up here. This, right. this sure subgenre. Are. I am not going to cl- claim to be this open-minded. I don't know if uh, that's a true statement as far as there are a l- <laughs> there are some kind of stuffy people in the movement, too. Like, uh, you know, there's the conservative types that don't tend to hang out with those of us that you're referring to but and and Lindsay, if it wasn't you i'd be stuffier than this i can assure you um <laughs> now I, I i guess i'm so you can have you can have bondage without having um sort of sadism and masochism and i guess that makes some sense you know somebody wants to get tied up they don't want to get bull whipped okay um 
it doesn't make much sense that you would have bull whipping without tying up. I mean, that's just chasing somebody around with a with a whip, right? That doesn't make much sense. <laughs> so, I'm just, I'm just, I, now, so, so you're you're kind of digging the um, the tying up without the, the the whip and stuff. I mean, is there just domination and submission without any of the tying up? You know, without the the piece of ribbon as that you were referring to. Yeah, there there can be that. I don't enjoy that as much, particularly. I tend to need some sort of of physical um, object, physical something that keeps my mind in that space. How did that develop for you? Do you know? I mean, was it like something? I have no idea. Did you always want to be tied up when you were a teenager? I mean, when did you realize that? Um, yeah. Dr. Drew had, would, would want to know. I remember, uh, Dr. Drew, <laughs> um, yeah, I remember in He would just in say Adelaide. you got abused, right? <laughs> he would say that. <laughs> in Adelaide, Sorry, Lynn, go ahead. Can, that's Sorry. all right. I'm just trying to talk about something very personal here. You, you go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I peed a little bit. <laughs> Let's not get into that, Mark. All right, sorry. Well, Mark, you were saying before, like, you were wondering about how the different aspects of BDSM, like, fit together. Yeah. And, like, you were asking about sadism and masochism, and those in particular, are, I think, are, like, more about the pain, right, Lynn? Yes. The giving yeah. or receiving. Whereas bondage yeah. is sort of about, like, restraint, and sometimes it can be about the art of the rope, or, like, some people like the way the rope feels on their skin, or... All kinds of different things, and yep, or yeah, breast and bondage, which makes um, the breast engorged. Some people have mm-hmm. a fetish. I've for heard of that. I've seen a picture, and I was horrified. It's like it. purple. Yeah. <laughs> well, if something's turning purple, then maybe you're not doing it safely. But yeah, it didn't oh, look no, very no, safe. No, I can yeah. tell you that. <laughs> None of this stuff appears yeah. safe from where I'm sitting. Just so you know. Yeah. Oh well, we should talk about safe birds, right, birds. Lindsay? Like a lot of people when they safe do this birds, kind of yeah. stuff. To make sure that they that they stay safe, the person who is um, submissive will have a something called a safe word, which means like, you know, they can say during the play, "Oh, stop! Don't do that! You're hurting me." But they're just that's all part of the game. Mm-hmm. And like, if they really want the top to stop, they'll say something like "red," Peanut like butter. "red" means stop or "yellow" Come means slow down. Kangaroo buddies. <laughs> yeah. It could be anything as long as you agree on it beforehand, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's in a context where no doesn't mean no. And some people take this stuff really far to the point where, like, it, oh, yeah. it could be physically dangerous. And I understand the re- the reasons for uh for safe words. Yeah, and- you can get nerve damage and abrasions and all kinds of things. They should have the safe word be a really, really unsexy safe word, like Al Gore or something like that. <laughs> you shouldn't have it be Oh God or Do It Again or yeah. uh, Give Me the Big One. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, but there well, are, sometimes there are if you're if you're tied up with a ball gag, then you can be holding right. an object, and when the you know if you want to say the safe word, you just drop the object because right. if you can't talk, then you can't say a safe word, right? So how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and even with safe words, though, you have to have a person in charge that knows what they're doing because sometimes right. you don't know that you're past the limit, you know, until it's too late, quote unquote. Hmm. Yeah, because you can get you know, really like yeah. a lot of endogenous yeah. opioids and like endorphins and chemicals in your body that make right. you feel sort you of you don't know. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. You don't know how much you're you're taking. I guess sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of trust involved as well. 
I, yeah, and that's, that sort of like deepens the relationship for a lot of people. They do these things that are like somewhat dangerous and they feel a lot closer to their partner because they're, I don't know, they're, they're giving a piece of themselves. They're sharing something really uh, special and a little bit scary sometimes. You almost died right. together. You must be closer. <laughs> so, St- Stephanie, oh, yeah. are there personality? Uh, Stephanie, are there it's personality types? Is another, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Are, St- Stephanie, what t- are there personality types that seem to go for this? I mean, have you? I mean, you're 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 the expert. You've got the podcast for God's sake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am by no means an expert. <laughs> But, uh, you always see businessmen and, and uh, like high high power politicians and businessmen in this uh, submission role, and I wonder if it's just something Hollywood's cooked up, or <laughs> or whether it's true. No, actually, that's that sort of has some truth to it. Actually, there's um there's a lot of highly educated people that are into BDSM. Uh, funny enough, and uh, also you you do tend to see a lot of like sort of these high powered professionals that are sort of like totally in charge of every aspect of their life but when they get into the bedroom they just want to they just want someone else to take over and they want to totally submit and you know that's common to see sometimes but really i mean people just you know they're just people they just have this one particular kink that they realize they have and they come from all walks of life in fact uh <laughs> uh when Lindsay and i went to the most recent lunch we uh we were with some free staters but we also encountered some free staters that we didn't know yeah. were going to be there so, yeah. so uh yeah where are these uh, where are these events organized i mean how does somebody who isn't in the loop uh oh, dear god get get, get find Your out where group a is about is. to blow up <laughs> I'm not asking you where yours is. I'm just saying, what is somebody who's out there saying, you know, I've always wanted to be tied up, and I've never found... A- I need a good bull whipping and follow that up with the gas-powered strap-on. Yeah. Well, there are some books you can read. I mean, a lot of people talk about about certain books, and uh, you can probably go to Amazon.freetalklive.com and find them. How does, it, how does a book tell you how to find out? What, what are, the, are there tips? I mean, how do you, what do you learn from a book about finding a group of people that would would do these things with you? Oh, well, I mean, to find a group of people, all you do is just go go on the Internet and Google whatever your city is. In fact, I know that there's a munch in Keene. I've never been to it, but uh, there is one that meets about once a month um, that I'm aware of. And there, there are, these things are all over New Hampshire. You just Google your area and then say BDSM or munch or whatever. And uh, yeah. you'll find it. <laughs> yeah, Owie I'm on, and in, on a site from the UK called informedconsent.uk.co or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's it's really interesting. There's been some things that have reminded me of um, libertarian ideas. Uh, reading in the UK forums, um, they're fighting uh, discrimination against people with kinks, basically. Not huh. just the gay-lesbian struggle, but, um, like, they don't want it to be outlawed in in pornographies and, um, you know, sales of, of certain items are restricted. Oh, yeah. Actually, you know, I so heard that uh, in Canada, in if you're doing uh, bondage pornography, um, yeah. it is illegal for a woman to be shown in bondage, but a woman can be tying up a man, a woman can be tying up <laughs> another woman, or a man and a man, but not a man tying up a woman. Which strange. is kind of strange. Ladies, yeah. did you hear about Australia and how they're uh, pushing to uh, keep women with A-cup bras out of um, out of pornography because they say they're too much like children and guys are using it like kiddie porn? Yes. Yeah. 
I did hear about Yeah, we that. talked about that a couple That's weeks crazy. ago. Pretty outrageous. Yeah. They're apparently only applying it to women in their early 20s uh, or their 20s. But uh, So, like, if you're 50 years old in an A cup, they're probably going to let you th- your porn I, through. But Frankly, I think that change was sponsored by Dow Corning. But, you know, that's just Is that me. a joke? <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, get it. Because they're, they're going to get a lot more business for implants now. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So, Lindsay, I think you should outfit the element in uh, this bondage thing so that you really don't have to go to these guys' houses where it's uh, a little more dangerous. You can be right out there in the, the, the Toys R Us parking lot. Right in the <laughs> open there, yeah. I, I like that sort of mobile party wagon idea. Now, now, point of information. The whipping mobile. If you... Uh, now, it's, now, it's legal the, to be a the, dominatrix, right? The paddle wagon. Now, it, it's legal to be a dominatrix... If I'm not mistaken, because there used to be a place down in Sarasota on the side of the road. I forget what it was called, but at one point it was a head shop, and then it closed, and then it turned into a dominatrix oh, yeah. parlor. And so uh, so it's legal to charge people money to dominate them, but not get them off? Is that? Do, do you know what the legalities of it are? Yeah, I have no idea. Okay. I'm asking yeah, the I can answer that. It actually is, in most places, it is legal to... Uh, be a, basically what you described a dominatrix or a dom as some or a dame as some people mm-hmm. say, but uh, it's not legal to do sexual favors. So there's like kind of this thin line that they walk, and some of them have actual like lawyers to be able to tell them what they can do and what they can't do, mm. which is you know to me it's a it's an arbitrary distinction. It's pretty ridiculous, but. There are some people who say that um, BDSM is not about sex, and it's just, you know, it's like fulfilling some some need that they have, but it's it's uh, not. It doesn't have to be um, associated with uh, an orgasm or sex necessarily. Very interesting, gents. You all have any other questions for these ladies? <laughs> uh, no, I think uh, yeah. Thank you for the instruction, ladies. Uh, school will resume some other time. Perhaps. Yeah, I think I've got it. I think I've got everything I need to know here. Porktherapy.com. That's pork with a C. Uh, you can get more of uh, Stephanie and uh, Mike Barsky uh, hangs out with her on that show as well. And uh, I guess that's about it, ladies. Anything else you want to talk about here? I wanted to say, Ian, that I I was really impressed by your uh, karaoke debut last night or Saturday night. <laughs> well, that wasn't my debut. I've I've sung several times. Well, debut this. Well, it was the first time oh. I heard you, so uh, it was the debut to I me. Gotcha. I sang War. What's it good for? Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Lindsay. That. Very nice. Thank you, Stephanie. Good night. Thank Thanks, you for ladies. the call and okay. the thoughts tonight. I appreciate the stories and the uh, the input. And I'm sure Mark really appreciated it. What? What? What are you? Why are you making me out to be the pervert he did here? Seem, he did seem quite He's awfully I, interested. I, in we, this, if, uh, I, if I didn't, someone's going to be questions. talking to Laura when she comes back. I, I, if I didn't ask these questions, Laura, people would be we could left do wondering. Do it with a ribbon, just a ribbon. <laughs> My job. Valentine's Day is coming up, baby. To ask questions. <laughs> no handcuffs, just a ribbon. Valentine's. I'm. My wife. There are a thousand things you can do with a ribbon. I've got Uh, listeners that I have to serve. I I, I have to tell you, I hope you guys know that I was getting emails from Courtney back and forth here as she was listening online, and she had to turn it off because she was having a little... Okay, who's this? You're on the air. Hey, Ian, Gard, and Mark. uh, Todd, Todd, you're not going to tell us about your bondage submission. (laughs) Oh, no, dude. Fuck no. I am not going to do that. All right. What's on your mind, dude? Well, I just want to say before I go into that whole discussion there uh, of why I want to call in, I just want to say that was just pure porn, dude. That was just great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I really can't wait to get her ID now, dude. It's like I would just have to go and say, hey, Lindsay, uh, want to hook up sometime? You, gotta, you live in Michigan, Todd. You can't really uh, 
probably not going to get away with that one. And Todd's moving. Another reason to move to New Hampshire. There you go. Well, anyway, I just wanted to uh, basically uh, call in about what you guys are talking about Saturday night on the whole immigration thing. Um, there's a great movie that I saw that, that I thought you guys should watch. It's uh, called Crossing Over. And it it's not really so much of a libertarian movie, per se, but it really goes into the, the horrors and uh, what uh, what – you know, the migrants have to go through in order to become legal, mm. you know. I've so, heard good things about it, yeah. Yeah, it's a very good film, and um, what was really interesting is that there's um, a scene where a 15-year-old Bangladesh-born, American-raised uh, girl um, who actually has to do, like, a report in front of her class on why, you know, we should understand the 9-11 hijackers and all. And I thought, you know, this is really interesting. Okay, so next thing you know, um, like like later on in the movie, what happened was that the FBI comes in, they break down the door, and they arrest this, you know, well, they actually uh, swarm in with their SWAT teams and everything, and the lead agent, who's uh, some check, and brings out, you know, her, her school paper and says, well, um, are, are you a sympathizer of the, uh, of the terrorists? And she goes, I wrote that paper to understand what they were doing. I didn't necessarily say I support them. And she goes, well, sure reads that way to me. Um, but I thought it was just a very, very interesting film about not just how it's taught, how we hear so much talk about, you know, illegal Aliens, per se, from Mexico, but from all over the world, like uh, Australia and China and the Middle East. So it's called and, Crossing Over? Yeah, it's with uh, Harrison, um, I'm sorry, Harrison Ford, Ashley oh, wow. Judd, and Ray Lee. Oh, wow. Great. Thank Big you for names. the recommendation, Todd. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Thank you for the call. Uh, 603-722-0267. I think we're going to just wrap this up here at this point. I, I know that... Yeah. Uh, I'm ready to go. Yep, we're about done. Okay, so uh, we're all sexed out here in uh, in the studio. And I'm, I, I must say that uh, you know the, the talk of S and M didn't do anything for me, man. I, mean, I don't find that sexual and and in the way that they were talking about it. You know, to, to me, I guess it is a, about dominance because it doesn't mean anything to me. No, it didn't didn't mean anything to me either. Anybody, but it, uh, for some people, it did. Todd seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, some people really did. <laughs> sure. So anyway, you know, whatever floats your boat. It's yeah, all. right on. As long as you've got consent, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, even cannibalism, which reminds me. Oh, God. Uh, you have an email, Mark, <laughs> that uh, I just think is fantastic. It is so ludicrous. Uh, the, the the situation is is bubbling over in your town here in New Hampshire with these uh, very, very anti-free state project people. And I want to make sure we get to that email sometime this week. It's, there's not enough time for it tonight. Okay. But well, it I'm brings sure. up the cannibalism issue again. I'm sure they'll it. have a lot of very interesting things to discuss after the uh, conversation with uh, with uh, Stephanie and Lizzie about. Uh, I want up. that'll be very interesting. I want people that uh, you know disagree with the Free State Project to talk about cannibalism a whole bunch because it's all it they got. Just shows how ludicrous their position is. Yep, that's about all they can really talk about. I mean, what else are they going to attack us on? Wow. 
All right, so uh, Gardner, thank you for coming in thank tonight you. and thank you. spending your time with us. Man has to drive a long way to get here. He's probably Indeed. the most dedicated uh, co-host on the program. I like to be here. And Mark, I tell Courtney hello for me. <laughs> no problem. I don't know whether she's listening right now, but she's probably uh, done. I think she's probably done, but uh, that's okay. Good night, folks. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com, we now return you to your regularly scheduled stream programming. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. And it's a it's another episode of the Edgington Post here attached to the, the Free Talk Live uh, podcast. And today with me, I've got Jeff Tucker, who is the... Vice President in Charge of Editorial Stuff at Mises uh, Institute. Jeff, are you there? I am. Excellent. Now, um, you guys have done something kind of uh, revolutionary and groundbreaking, or at least uh, exciting um, there at at Mises with your uh, lecture series and stuff. Yeah, we went ahead and uh, went completely open source with, uh, with everything. And it's an exciting thing because it's infused a lot of energy into our work. We realize that digital media has made it possible for us to reach an unlimited number of people for an unlimited amount of time. And there's absolutely no reason to withhold this content uh, from the world pending payment. So um, <laughs> we went uh, we went Creative Commons on, on everything. And we're always, I mean, we've seen the fruits of this many times over. Um, iTunes U is now featuring our material, and I tell you, I get a kick just pulling up uh, my iTunes and going over to iTunes U and seeing lectures by Murray Rothbard featured there. These lectures could have occurred in the 90s and the 80s and 70s and the 60s. There'll be a, a lecture by Ludwig Mises himself um, up here, and it might be up there right now, uh, that we found from 1962. Um, and that's been released to the world. Uh, the content lecture itself, in, in terms of text, has now been published Creative Commons. We let anybody post it on their blogs, the websites, whatever. Um, somebody wants to publish a monograph of those of those words and sell it for the big bucks and become rich. Welcome to it. <laughs> now, so have you noticed a lot of people uh, downloading this uh, this material? I mean, is it is it going great guns at this point? Have people yet yeah, to find it? Yeah, yeah, we've we've uh, you know we have now thousands of books online, and um, you know I don't know what how many hours, many many thousands of hours of media available uh, for free download and uh, reproduction. Now, I should be clear on this that it's not as if. I mean, the, the point is that we want people to give the material away and host it themselves. Sure. Um, it's it's not it's not the case that so for example we've seen a huge demand on our servers and we've had to upgrade and upgrade and upgrade and upgrade our servers, um, and that's one reason we want other people to duplicate the material and put it on their site. We've got, we're, our website is now completely open source in terms of its underlying code, so anybody can run a version of Mesosorg under any name you want to. If somebody wants to. I got an email the other day from somebody who was appalled, you know, that we would have this attitude towards so-called intellectual property. And they said, oh, yeah, well, what if I started Jesus2.org and just stole all your material and put up a website and started making making money from it? You know, what would you think then? And I said, well, that's a very generous offer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
I do warn you that the, uh, the the cost can be rather high supporting the level of downloads you receive, but, you know, I, we're very grateful to you. So <laughs> some <laughs> people consider it a, con- a contribution to our work. You know? Some people really don't get it that, uh, you know, that, that, that people could actually believe in this whole liberty thing we talk about, you know, that, that yeah. So- yeah. <laughs> somehow or another we're really at the core of it, in it for something, you know, nefarious mm. or dark or whatever, but... Uh, you know, yeah. we, f- we feel the same way at Free Talk Live. We we make our podcast completely available to people and, uh, you yeah. know, tell them to, you know, give it to anybody. Please, let, let, let's let them hear about liberty. That's right. And, you know, I should emphasize here, too, that our sales in the in the store are um, uh, are uh, reaching uh, uh, record levels. We're selling more books than we've ever sold before. Uh, Human Action is a good example of this. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a book that came out in 1949. It was published again in 1962 and 1965. We published it in 1999 in hard copy. Uh, we went online with it um, as soon as we possibly could, as soon as digital media became possible. So it appears in HTML. We provided all kind of finders tools. We put it in PDF and then put three different editions in PDF. And then um, I wanted to sell a recording of Human Action, somebody reading the book, an audio book, and the darn thing was under intellectual property protection, so we weren't allowed to do that. So we paid for um, Jeff Rickenbach to read the book um, and release that to the world uh, for free on MP3 download. And now you can read it chapter by chapter. We produce a study guide to the book. And even given all that, the other day we came out with our, our audio book uh, CD of Rickenbach reading Human Action. And instantaneously, over the course of 24 hours, sold about 800 copies of it. Yeah, well, people want to possess these things. Um, you know, I, I guess I don't quite understand quite as well why they would want them on CD as they would uh, in, uh, in you know, like a, a regular book form. But, you know, maybe they want to put it in their car or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, in the market's a mysterious place. And that's the thing. Good entrepreneurs, what do they do? They, they give people what they want. Mm-hmm. So uh, and and you try not to force people to buy things that they don't want if they would otherwise be satisfied with a free product. So, for example, if we're just publishing a book, you know, we we give it away for free online, and if a person's happy with that, I really don't want them to go and buy the book uh, just because they had no other options. I mean, if a person's happy with a PDF on their computer, then that's that's enough for them, and that's good. You know, I hope they learn for it from it and spread it around. And they might spread it around to somebody who will buy the book. Um, we just want to give people the option. I don't, I don't want a person to feel trapped into buying the book that they would rather have on a PDF download. And for the most part, books, physical books, and PDFs online are complementary goods. They're not substitute goods. So, you know, if, if you're reading the book at home and, oh, darn, I left my book at home and you're at the office, and you can look it up on PDF and see the same text. Read more and then go home if you prefer reading a regular book. So they, they work together. All these things work together. And it's hard to anticipate precisely what the various levels of demand are. I mean, my impression is that students are really happy to surf and burn all day. Uh, people with uh, uh, you know, high-pressure professional jobs uh, don't really want to surf and burn all day, and they'd rather get something, a nice little Amazon package in the mail or a package from the Institute in the mail that afternoon when they get home. So it all depends. It's a huge market out there, and it's ever-expanding. And I think that that's the critical thing. You don't want to underestimate the scope of your market. Uh, we, we look at it like there are six billion people on this planet. We want every one of them to be served by our material and, our, and the ideas of liberty. 
So yep. we've got a big market out there. And wouldn't it be? That's what we're trying to reach. Wouldn't it be awesome if uh, you know <laughs> three billion of those six billion, uh, and it's it's getting closer to seven now, Jeff. <laughs> oh, okay. Three billion of those uh, seven billion people had a chance to read Rothbard. I mean, <laughs> that would be amazing. I, I I'm right. right now. I'm going through uh, Conceived in Liberty, and you know, by oh, no means a, a short uh, read, but it, you know, it's it, he's he's a compelling writer in 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 of itself, and obviously. You know, a principled, uh, liberty-oriented guy. Same time. Yeah, you know that is a, that, those, those all four of those books are just uh, remarkable. Everybody somehow forgets about them. You know, when they think about Murray and all of his work, you know, they think about Four New Liberty, Man, Economy, and State, What Has Government Done to Our Money, and they forget that he wrote a four-volume history of colonial America. Isn't <laughs> that something? Yeah, it's amazing to think of. Really, um, can we talk just a moment about this whole issue of intellectual property? Because um, you know, I, I don't think that our side, by, by whom I mean libertarians, have always been very clear on the subject, you know. Um, Rothbard himself thought patents were illegitimate and copyrights were perfectly fine. Um, Mises seemed to have an ambiguous position on both. Um, Rand, of course, thought that intellectual property was the first form of property rights. So there's been uh, many different kinds of theories floating around here around out there, but digital media itself has kind of forced the issue, and, and in, in, this, in this respect, I think it's been very important that we rethink this topic, and Stefan Kinsella and his uh, work um, called uh, The Case Against Intellectual Property has really educated me about the subject, and it prompted, really, what is this revolution for us institutionally to just release everything for free. Yeah, uh, Stefan Kinsella, I think I had on, had him on the show two weeks ago, maybe three. Um, you yeah. know, obviously, <laughs> in, in my opinion, the foremost guy when it comes to intellectual property. I'm kind yeah, of of the opinion that intellectual property exists. I just don't think that there's any reason for the government to uh, to, 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 to be employed in protecting it. I think That's that, an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think I think that, you know, my work is my work and I get to cho- decide what I want to do with it or or whatever. Right. But once the idea is out, what are you going to do? Um What are you going to do? Yeah. I, you know, if it came yeah. I I often like to use the example the, the biggest things when you talk about intellectual property people seem to be concerned with are blockbuster movies and uh the and and uh you know, drugs and uh things like that. So, yeah. I figure if you want to protect the intellectual property on your drugs, you can start a clinic that uh, you know, administers these drugs to people. That way they're not getting out where people where you know, the competition can get a hold of them and and sure. uh, reverse engineer them and and honestly, if we could if we could finally kick the final leg out from underneath the reason that we might need a coercive uh violent government, um, if if the final leg is intellectual property, I'm ready to kick the, that leg out from underneath it, and I'm willing to give them blockbuster movies. I don't think no, bluster, blockbusters wouldn't exist anymore because you can look look on YouTube and you can see that people demand video, and they're willing, oh, and some people are willing to provide it. But I, I, I you know, one of the part part of Austrian theory is is that markets are not perfectly rational. You know, you there there is there are mistakes out there in the market and and that allows room for entrepreneurs. And I think a major, major entrepreneurial error that I, that I see in the world today has been the response of the movie industry towards digital media. You know, I mean, it, 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 what, a, what a disastrous missed opportunity they had to distribute their films online. 
as a way of promoting them, getting people to the theaters, enhancing the theater experience, finding other ways for people to uh, provide um, uh, revenue to them um, besides just cracking skulls. You know, that was just a, a, a catastrophic error. And I wonder, actually, if even, even today, if the, if the production studios still own the theaters, if, the, if they would be less inclined to uh, use the course of power of the state to try to stop uh, digital file sharing. Um, but, of course, we know that uh, the Justice Department back in the late 1940s and the early 1950s broke up uh, as monopolistic the r- arrangement that permitted studios to own theaters. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> as, an, as, an, as an antitrust violation. So here we see an example of Mises' theory of interventionism, you know, one into one one intervention, you know, provides a kind of basis for ever more interventions. But in any case, it's, I think it's a terrible entrepreneurial error for people to, uh, to keep their material under wraps. I would say the same thing about um, the modern publishing in- industry and their, their copyright obsessions. Right. The one thing that the, the people that are thinking about this and they're saying, oh, my God, it would kill the movie industry or, or whatever industry you're, think- you're talking about, is they're not thinking about is um, innovation. When you look at – I don't know if you've uh, – Jeff, if you've seen the, uh, the movie Avatar – I haven't yet. I, I keep meaning to. I, I want to. I, I, right. I recommend it. I think it's. Uh, I think it's great. It's really about property rights. But um, it's it's in a it's it's 3D. Uh, the IMAX 3D version of it is so revolutionary, unlike anything I've ever seen before. And I'm sure there have been other films out there like this. It's just the first one I've seen like it. You can't duplicate that in a home theater. Um, so I mean, you know, that's going to be exactly. a reason that people that's would right. go to the movie theater. All it's going to do that's is drive right. innovation, and you'll get more and more that's things right. like that. Right, and I haven't seen Avatar yet. I've heard wonderful things about it. It's all been word of mouth. But if I could go online right now and watch 30 minutes, an hour, or the whole thing on a on a Vimeo or whatever, the thing is, I might be more inspired to get over to the theater. I mean, this is what actually, in fact, happens. You, you know, um, yes. I, I really wonder, honestly, uh, it, of course, there are no controlled experiments possible in human action, but... These days, I wouldn't even think about releasing a book unless I had a, a, a free download for it, uh, uh, simultaneous to the publication. Or in the case of a recent book we issued by Paul Cantor and Stephen Cox, they're editors, and it's a book about the relationship between literature and Austrian theory of, of the social order. And they're interpreting literature in light of, of free market uh, theory. They're offering a new theory of literary criticism in light of uh, human action, some of the work of Hayek and Mises. Now, this is kind of an obscure topic a little bit. They're pioneering a new area Mm -hmm. of study. Um, It's not the kind of book that's going to take off. You know, I mean, this isn't isn't going to be a big seller. You know that going into it. But what happened in the old days... Is it it chicken soup for the Austrian soul? Yeah, right, (laughs) chicken soup. It's not quite that, right? So I, I you know, I, I knew this going into it, and I knew that if if they had, um, they, what what happened in the old days is authors like this would would put that book over at Cambridge University Press, Oxford University Press, or whatever. They would run two or three hundred, four hundred copies right. of the thing, and sell it to the subscribing libraries, and the book dies, you know, and that's yes. the end. But we did something completely different. We we persuaded them to publish with us. And part of our um, part of our negotiations involved releasing it free online. We said, "Look, you know, you want you want to immortalize your ideas. This is the way to do it. Let's make it part of digital media." So uh, they agreed. And part of 
our negotiating strategy with these two wonderful uh, professors, brilliant professors, was to say, we can give you stuff away for free online. You don't lose control of it as an author. You, you still have the rights. So if you want to publish um, these essays in another form, you're welcome to do it. You know, we're not going to take them from you the way regular publishers do. Yeah. Um, and so we typeset the thing. We released it on PDF downloads six months in advance of the actual physical publication. Three weeks later, we managed to do a, a Kindle edition, and this was still before you could even buy the darn book. And then finally, when the book arrived, you know, you suddenly had already an audience built up uh, anticipating the release of this book. And then when we went live with it, the sales have been going crazy. I mean, like far higher than you would ever expect. Yeah, when it and comes... part of that is the marketing. Yeah. When it comes to those uh, sort of, I don't know how to, I don't know the terminology, but there's these sort of college books out there that really do run two to four hundred copies, and then that's it. They go to some that's libraries right. across, university libraries across the nation, and those are the only copies anywhere, and people don't even know that they exist. And so, you know, I mean, if that's you're right. If, if your idea really is re- revolutionary and worth publishing, then, my God, it's it's worth getting in people's hands. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's that's right. You have to do it these days. I and mean, people are just not going to be going to the libraries and digging through the stacks to find out their interesting information, you know? Can't, I mean, it doesn't work that way anymore. I can't and, tell you the last time. have yet to figure that out, I, I think. I can't tell you the last time I did it. It's been a long time. Now, yeah, but, I know. Well, the libraries are interesting. I, I mean, I'm, I'm one block away from the Auburn University Library. And, you know, when I wander through the stacks, I mean, it's really it's like a ghost town. Uh, it really is. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Now, Jeff, um, we've I've been on the air doing Free Talk Live uh, for, I guess, going on uh, eight years or something like that. And we've been talking about the, the Mises Institute for six or seven years at least. And I'm just wondering, um, I, I guess I don't know entirely what the Mises Institute does. So I guess, will you give me the uh, the, the two-minute elevator, elevator speech? Because I, I do have to get uh, have to go here shortly. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, the, the, uh, Lou Rockwell founded the Mises Institute in 1982 because there's a, a, a widespread sense that Hayek was getting all the attention, and that's wonderful, but that his, his colleague and teacher, Mises, uh, was was seemed to be his his reputation seemed to be well he wasn't really out there and mm-hmm. uh, there needed to be an infrastructure support to support um, not not just purely Hayekian studies um, um, but Misesian uh, theory in in the broadest sense including Hayek and including Rothbard and including Menger and all the whole Austrian tradition um, as a way of, of pushing it in front of economics departments. So that uh, so that we could do something about the growing Keynesianism on campus, which is persistent and socialist theory, and to advance free market economics generally. And how precisely that was going to be done, you know, was was something that Lou left to uh, to the just the course of history to see what's what's most necessary. So we've been supporting students. We've been um, making making movies for a very long time. We've been publishing books. Uh, we gave uh, Rothbard a, a great platform so that he could concentrate on his research and writing instead of uh, spending all of his time just trying to market his stuff. And uh, we've been training people in, in Austrian theory in a way that you can't get in regular university environments. So we're a research institute, not really a think tank. 
you know, the old idea of a think tank is that you, you uh, provide intellectual far, fodder for a, partic- a particular political party. We're not about that. Um, uh, we're about research and about education. And it's, uh, our project is very radical. You know, um, uh, we have people who believe in limited state, but many, many anarchists uh, among our senior faculty. We have a faculty list of 500, uh, 500 people. And we hold an annual conference that brings them all together to present papers. So it's about supporting an alternative research paradigm to the mainstream, really. In the end, that's what it's all about. And it's also about taking risks, not obeying uh, the conventions of our time, being willing to say things that are just true, and not worrying about the consequences. Um, In some ways, I would say the Mises Institute uh, serves the same function to the United States that the institute that Mises himself went to in Geneva when he left Austria when the Nazis ran him out. So it was a sanctuary for him where he could do his writing and his research, and the result was human action. So yeah. in America, we have the Mises Institute. We're a sanctuary. We, we want people to be able to come to research and then be able to get that research and that message out to a, to a, a, a very statist, static world in a way of supporting freedom, and a, a, a dynamic conception of society as a, as a way of providing that essential intellectual bulwark that's necessary for uh, establishing freedom and protecting it. So that's that's the upshot of the Mises Institute. Now, um, when you use the term, like it's a statist and static world, and that's absolutely true. And when you use the term radical, and I'm I, I guess I've been kind of thinking about this because I feel like when I use the term radical, it kind of shuts people down. Well, if you're radical, then mm-hmm. I'm not going to listen. And I wonder, you know, like, I I don't think my philosophies are radical. I think my philosophies are, um, you know, they're just and they're good and they're fair and they're, they're, in my mind, right. You know, they're just, um, they're simply ideas of personal responsibility, peace, um, self-ownership, you know, all these, these, you know, voluntary action, all these things that obviously on their faces people understand and they don't reject where they whereas they might reject the term radical and i'm i have yet to come up with a way to describe the way that my philosophies are certainly fringe certainly radical in the you know if you look at the definition of yeah. you know of them but you know at the same time to to describe how they're they they need to be considered any of those because they're 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 not you know no, that's right. I mean, it's just it's just a matter of making good good sense out of the world. I mean, if people reflect on their own experiences and their lo- own lives, they know what keeps them safe are the things that they do themselves. You know, it's it's putting locks on your door, it's hiring security companies. Uh, how do they get food? They go to the grocery store. I mean, all the things that provide for our well-being are connected with our voluntary actions and uh, with the free market economy. On the other hand, what does the state do? Mostly it's trying to prevent us from providing for ourselves in ways that are beneficial to ourselves and our families. So if people would just take a second to reflect on this fact, they'd see that they would have a model there for the entire social order. If we make the entire social order voluntary, um, then we would be richer, we would be more, we'd be more prosperous and be a more peaceful society. So, but the problem is making the connection. It's, 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 it's driving home that logic between people's private experiences, what they, what they know in their individual lives, with a serious society. And that's, 
where I think you need things like economics, you need like the Mises Institute out there daily interpreting advance and explaining the logic of human action to people so that they can come to understand it. Economics is not, economic theory is not something that you're born knowing. So it's something that you have to take a little bit of time to think about, to understand. But that's what we see our role. So I, I, I do see your point. But when I use the term, term radical, I mean it in the way you, you yes. as you suggest. It means just getting to the root of things. I understand know, how you really mean it. I'm yeah. just trying to, you know, for, for myself, I have yet to come up with, ter- with a term that I, I like better than radical. But um, yeah, <laughs> anyway, I Jeff, I, I, I do need to go. And if people want to get a hold of the Mises Institute, find out more about these uh, these online books you have and the lecture series and all that stuff, what do they do? Yeah. Yeah, just type in the word Mises and they'll be right there. And you can uh, spend, your, spend your life on our website. It's, sure it's, could. it's gone from being a town to a city to a civilization. And we're very proud <laughs> of that. We hope it it, it, it it helps everyone and helps continue to help build the philosophy of freedom and, and liberty in our times. Jeff Tucker, thank you. You're welcome. Good to be here.